this is only the second time we've met. Um, you were teaching me about um, the the beautiful uh, Peonia, Colorado. Yep. <laughs> the only thing you guys are known for. Um, you're putting Peonia on the map. Um, but uh, before we get into Peonia and wine, let's talk about why you're here. Yeah. Bitcoin. Bitcoin. Have you heard of it? Sure does. <laughs> what do you think about it? <laughs> what do you think? Um, I mean, it's it's ever since I found it, it's kind of taken over my life and my thoughts and just, I think in the past year, like having a bit more understanding of it, I guess I found it like two years ago and I think it takes a little bit to kind of get over the, the holy shit. Like this is crazy. It's all I want to talk about. It's all I want to think about. Yeah. And spraying that to everyone, talking to everyone about it. Um, I've gotten to a spot where it's like, it's just kind of a a consistent thing for me. Like I know what it is. I know it, like what it's going to be. And it's like a, just a foundational thing to kind of just, okay, cool. I have that. I'm going to build my life now. And in the last year I've found Bitcoiners and there's a difference, right? Well, what I've found is like, well, Bitcoin's a, a math-based numeric, I mean, a monetary system. Bitcoiners mm-hmm. are a, and I, a loose group of people uh, that whoever, however you want to define that it. That are either hated or revered, yeah. depending on who you are. <laughs> yeah. I've just been meeting a lot of people, um, starting yeah. with Bitcoin conference in Miami. I was just like, oh, these are cool people. I want to orient my life to meet more of them. What do you think it is about? Bitcoiners in the way we're referring to right. the term that, that draws you to those types of people. Like what, what, what traits about a Bitcoiner do you particularly admire? So I, I think there's a lot of things that are like assigned to Bitcoiners. Like generally I meet someone who's a Bitcoiner and I find that I can trust them more than just the average person I meet on the street. Um, but that's not like something I say is like a Bitcoiner is trustworthy. The way, what I say is like, a Bitcoiner has gone through this like deep process of understanding Bitcoin, which is to do that. You got to like kind of learn to get down to something from the basics, first principles attack. And honestly, like for a lot of people forget all the shit you right, were you taught. Unlearn the, the, the programming. Exactly. And so it, it requires a sense of humility. It requires a base level attack of a, complex problem and thought process and i guess it's not it's like that is cool in itself but what that does or the people that that attracts those people then go out and they're like oh cool so i learned this about money now i'm going to do this about these other parts of my life and like i mean there's like i think the most visceral thing is like there's all the bitcoin bitcoiners that are like carnivores or just like focused on health and stuff um, and it's like, okay, cool. So I figured out Bitcoin and now I want to like learn about myself and you learn about yourself through diet, exercise, pushing yourself, whatever it is. Um, and I guess that's just something that I'm also interested in. So I think about it from that perspective, a decent amount, but it just breeds these people that are like attacking their problems from a base layer and want to build a long-term solution. Right. Huh? Yeah. I, I, it's like, a. Base layer, yeah, first principles, mm-hmm. I think is the term breed love has used a lot. Um, 
I find that that, that yeah, I'm, I I have the same the same thing attracts me to Bitcoiners, right? Because I'm like, well, yeah, like it's the first thing, but like, uh, is it or is it like they're a bigger root of the problem, right? And I think people who arrive at the conclusion that Bitcoin is going to be the future money, that those people have gotten to a point where, like you said, they've admitted to themselves, maybe that they've been lied to, or maybe that, you know, the whole world isn't like out to help them out always. But at the same time, they, they're not scared to continue asking questions, right? Like inquisitive minded type people who then want to get to the truth. And there's some truth, like truth seekers are, are, are rare these days too. I find that like so many people want to just like quick fix, easy answer. Um, the truth is not to me always either of those. Also seek responsibility. Yeah. Like we, we want to take something on our shoulders to fix a problem in a lot of ways. And I find that just growing up in a farming community, like people solve problems through getting, getting stuff done, getting their hands dirty. And I know it's like, you know, it's not physical work. It's not the same thing, but it, like the same principles kind of, kind of apply. Well, it's like, I, I think it's down to like morality in a way and mm -hmm. like virtue, um, which if you go, like, if you look back, like virtue is kind of like the whole point of government um, or, or, or like a, maybe not the point of government, but a requirement for government to succeed or, or for a governing body of people to succeed who consent to be governed. Mm -hmm. Because you have to consent to be governed. Well, ideally. I mean, <laughs> you do. You, I, mean, I consent every day to be governed by the United I'm States. Saying. I'm not uprising. Right, yeah. right. That's a, it's mm -hmm. consent, mm -hmm. right? Um, but Thomas Jefferson, I hear he was an important dude back in the day. He said that the idea that any form of government will secure liberty or happiness without virtue in its people is a chimerical idea. Chimera. Like, you know, oh. chimera. Okay. Like, rah, like flying bats. Yeah. I don't know. That may not have been the exact, looks like it was a quote, but point being that like, it's not government's like without virtue, which I think we're describing where it's like people who look for the good in people, people who are looking to do things right from first principles to fix the source of the problem. Mm -hmm. I would consider those like people who are not trying to cheat to get ahead, virtuous people. Yeah. And what you're saying is you like people who are more moral, virtuous people. And I would, I think that the, that type of person is required for any civilization to succeed. And it is government's only d job to ensure that its people are virtuous because if not, no form of government works, not, mm. not communism, not capitalism, not, well, any, not any of them. I mean, works is a subjective term, but if we're looking Long -term at term works. Yeah. Works, works over the longer long term. Yeah, works for who? Is, I guess what I'm oh, what I'm getting at. Fair, um, <laughs> but it's working just fine for the ultra rich. Sure. Yeah, and and I mean, like, I think that what Bitcoiners are just what like I've learned to think about. I guess since getting into Bitcoin is like, though something may work right now, like we have to look at the future directional where it's going. Um, Bitcoin is moving in the direction of decentralization continually. Um, it's moving in the direction of, yeah, people having less control over it, um, continually, like, like fairness, everyone reacts in the same way um, to the system. And yeah, and I mean, our, our current system, the, the 
the idea of working, the only way you could put numbers on it is let's increase tax revenue. Because if we increase, I mean, like just saying that tax, tax rate maybe stays the same, but like to put numbers on a government working, the economy is growing. That's really the only way we can measure things that well. Right. It's a, it's like magic. With yeah. the, like, but all now you do is the incentives are totally screwed up because like the, the number just doesn't matter at all. Right. The number is completely arbitrary. Totally. It's tracks of uh, a, a moving value of mm-hmm. goods and services because those things change. Right. Yeah. I mean, so it's like, yeah, like our GDP went up, but like we sold, <laughs> we sold less things than we did last year. They're just priced higher. Totally. Okay. Totally. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know, being in, uh, in business as well is just kind of a while. It's wild to be in this time. Just, just, um, interacting with like, I live as an, a normal person as well. And like, I can right. interact with everyone else, but I'm also like dealing with supply chains and logistics and stuff. Right. Which a lot of those people aren't Bitcoiners, right? No, but definitely still maybe not. are successful business people. Mm-hmm. What do you think that like the general population has, has right? Like what, what have they got right? And then what, what do they have like just blatantly wrong? I think the money's probably understanding of monet- money is probably the thing they've got wrong. Yeah. But, I mean, anytime I talk to someone, I'm like, they generally know I'm a Bitcoiner at this point, if they're my friend or around my friends. And, um, they always say like, give me the pitch or why Bitcoin or like what's wrong. Or when I, whenever politics come up, I'm like, this is like, this is stupid. This is not the game we should be talking about. Um, and they're like, why? And I'm like, it's the money. And they're like, yeah, it's the money. But they, I'm saying like capital T H D the money. And they think it's, it's, they know that the system is unfair. That blame is pointed in the wrong direction a lot of times. And the solutions are, I mean, on the left, it's more towards what I would say the problem is. And on the right, it's like, just, I mean, I don't, I, Try not to get into politics too much, but like, because I'm not careful, interested careful. in it. Yeah, no, it's more like I'm not interested in it because I don't right. see solutions on either side. I, I, that's probably the most correct, at least from my perspective, the most correct approach. Um, like we're, we're, we're arguing over like what's the best way to like break the crumbs up amongst each other mm-hmm. when like 0.1% of the population has the 99% of the loaf. Totally. You know? And it like... I mean, like, I'm why, happy why to talk over the political systems all? and everything and like what's best. But at right. the same time, like what's best for you is not necessarily what's best for me. I may right. want more or less government than you. And if I want to, I just want the freedom to one, save money basically, and also be able to like choose where under what governance system I want to live. Cause right now, realistically, right. I don't have that choice. No, you don't. I mean, you can go between like a red and a blue state mm-hmm. or you can go between like a red and a blue county. But even just in that red or blue, there's no like, why is it polar? Yeah. Like that. I mean, I feel like understandings and worldviews of or positions of how the world should be is probably not just grouped into two buckets. Like, no, there's, there's probably more nuance than that. So much you know? more nuance. And that's, that's definitely lost. I mean, there's, there's, um, you're with me or you're wrong in so many senses. I mean, that's what people say is a problem with Bitcoiners that, that, it's like, oh, they, 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 between you and I, like, we understand that because we were talking like how we both got burned by altcoins and have mm-hmm. learned and, but like, so we get it. But like to the, to those who haven't, who look on from the outside, they're like, oh, these Bitcoin people are just as toxic. Like, 
like as like people in politics, it's like, oh, it's either my way or the highway. Like it's either Bitcoin or nothing. Right. Right. And, mm-hmm. and so understanding that people often probably mistakenly view Bitcoiners through that lens, through that polarizing lens, because they're looking at it from the same way. They're like, why do I have to be your way or the highway? Right. And it's the same thing. Like I, I but we know that like money's a zero sum game and yeah. that only one, the best money wins. Yeah. And so it's like, how do you get people there? I don't know. I mean, that's why I do the podcast. I don't know. Well, I mean, so much of what Bitcoin is, is looking to do is like, let's, let's be free market money and the free market has to decide that it's the best money. And we right. believe free market meaning yes, by its own accord. Yes. Every actually. person on their own. I mean, we believe that Bitcoin is the best money, and I, I think we have a pretty good case as to why it should be and why, like, right. why it is, why it's becoming that. But in the end, like, we're just two nodes in a in a like eight well, billion person system. Oh, well, of people, uh, I was like, like I of the free market. I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, you talk about population. <laughs> gotcha. I mean, because we're just two parts of the right, free market right. that is eight billion people and so many different. Like, all you can count all the companies in that. Right. Like, one um, vote, one one yeah, one person. Or I mean, whatever we vote with our money, we think Bitcoin's the best money. And like in the end, I think we're going to be right. But at the same time, like if something better comes along, fine. I doubt it. I'm not. I'm not like I'm in Bitcoin deeply for a reason. But like, I just want the best money. I want money to be fixed. You know. Right. And I think it's going to be Bitcoin, and I want it to be Bitcoin. But like in the end, I just want money to be fixed. That's, um, I think I share that with you. I tell people like, I'm not a hundred percent convinced Bitcoin's going to replace the dollar. I'm just a hundred percent convinced the dollar is not going to hold my purchasing power throughout my lifetime. Mm -hmm. And so I'm taking a bet on what will, right. There are some, you know, like I, I bought these microphones. I said in a previous podcast, like I bought these microphones because I was like, I think these will hold their value pretty good. And I'm like, okay, like that's fine. Like it'll hold its value better than the dollar. <laughs> like a vehicle probably will hold its better. I mean, maybe not a vehicle. No, but, but you get utility out of it. Right. Right. It's use case and mm-hmm. this is used to. And, but yeah, I try to look at that. It's like, I don't, don't, whatever you do, like just don't leave money in a, what are they, a melting ice cube? Mm-hmm. I think is commonly yeah. referred to as. That said, though, I think there's like, I, I got into Bitcoin because I was, pretty interested in personal finance like yeah i was a financial advisor yeah yeah so you're i mean you're well aware um and what i've i guess what i'm getting at is like i found a lot of um crappy financial advice that's why in the I bitcoin the community industry. no in the bitcoin community it's like that's why i'm in the industry <laughs> i mean like bitcoin is the right move like put your long-term savings advice. in bitcoin but like what right. i i just i there's like you're right. Most people think it's investments. It's not even investing. People say it's not investment advice. Well, you're right because Bitcoin's a saving tool, and that's definitely a, a, a something I distinctly say with all of like very much trying to be direct you with have my wordplay. You have language shapes mm-hmm. people's thoughts, especially with people that don't get Bitcoin. I say no. I'm saving in Bitcoin, save and no, Bitcoin, Bitcoin is the money, and I don't buy Bitcoin. I exchange for Bitcoin because mm-hmm. people say, look, the Europe is having trouble the euro's currency is devaluing relative to the dollar. People understand that when you go to Italy right now, you get more pasta for your dollar, mm-hmm. more pizza, yep, more fine Italian wine. Yep. You know? 
Um, so why can't people understand? Like, so I, I beat them where they're at. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, well, I'm not buying Bitcoin as an investment that I'm planning to sell later for a profit. Yep. That's a, that's a stock. It doesn't pay a dividend. Like, mm-hmm. No, I'm exchanging one shitty currency for a much better currency because I want to be able to buy things in the future. And unfortunately, I just like can't spend money. I just have this like, yeah, I just am bad at spending money. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's so a, like a great problem to have. <laughs> I mean, no, except for like, it's getting not as a little any girl too... I've ever dated. <laughs> it's terrible. There we go. But I'm like, but our future children are going to have so much. And they're like, you're not going to have any children. The future girls, though, money. man, they're going to love it. Um, <laughs> but like, I guess what I'm getting at is like, there are inherent flaws that we have to deal with right. in Bitcoin. I mean, like. We were talking about how to move Bitcoin. It's like moving yeah. Bitcoin is complicated. You asked me like, well, how do you do it privately without telling the whole world, right? Like, but just like on its uh, base layer of like using Bitcoin as my money is like I got on zero basically for the last two years because I found Bitcoin and I was like, holy shit, I got to do everything. Mm. That's what I was getting at with bad financial advice. Is like I should I'd made bad decisions for myself as far as like going too far into yeah. a currency that is very volatile. Wait, you only win in 100%? Oh, I mean, come on. Bro. No. If you're but not like, if you're not over 100% long, what are you doing? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you didn't take out loans. <laughs> what I am I doing? Is my answer to that. Well, you've got bus- <laughs> you got a business, right? So you've got well, business loans. Yeah. So it's hard to it's hard to say like what 100% is when most of my net worth is in wine in a cellar. That's a store value. That is a great store value. It, it does technically store pretty well. Yeah. Right? I mean, like, as long as I make, keep making good wine, it's, uh, it's a How great store value. How long does a bottle last, like, shelf life-wise? Well, so we, my dad started making wine in 2006, and we cracked open the last of his bottle, last of the, the 2006. First yeah, the first vintage um, this year at the end of Harvest, and it was awesome, like, it's so fun opening up those old bottles. So that's what, 16, 16, 16 years, years old? years, yeah. Pretty good store of value, older than Bitcoin. Older than Bitcoin. Yeah, well, it's okay. It holds its value better than the dollar, I'm sure, right? Definitely. I mean, the older wine bottles get usually, right? Yeah, the I mean, like, they... there's, there's storage. Like, you got to be good with storage. A lot of, like, a lot of people that buy my wine that are Bitcoiners, they're, they're into the idea of let me hold this thing and increase in value, right? Um, but just like with Bitcoin, like you got to hold it in a good way. You got to hold it outside of light, outside of changing right. temperature in a relatively cool environment. Cold storage is just the term I use for Bitcoiners because they get that stuff, uh, put <laughs> cold it away. Storage. That's but, why people store it in a cell, cellar, right? Because exactly. there's no light, temperature stays about the same all yep. year round. Ground temperature is nice. Right. Yeah, because I mean, like, yeah, a bottle of wine keeps its value, but at the same time, you can screw it up. And there's some wines that are just better drunk in the short term. So it's definitely a, a play of what, how you want to enjoy things. Is that like depending upon the grape or the more of the process? It's this, yeah, the style, the grape, different things are going different directions. Like a, so let's say a rosé, for example, rosés are like really bright and fruity. That fruitiness usually dissipates with age. Over time. Yeah. yeah. So you want that bright, fruity rosé. If you want that experience early, you could age a rosé and maybe you like it in 15 years when it's a little bit more dull, but like that's usually just not the style. But like a Cab Sauvignon or mm-hmm. something like that or a Malbec. Yeah, something, something like a little bit more smooth, a little bit more earthy. Some, yeah. Like it, it changes. The thing is, it's like not the same bottle of wine if you were to tra- teleport. It's a totally different experience. The What, what about like what... 
we don't, you know, we don't get into like the science too much, but like what goes on like in that time that changes it. So there's a, a little bit of airplay through the cork. Okay. Just a tiny they're, bit. They're, they're not, they're not fully. I mean, they're for all, in, all intents and purposes. They are, but there is a tiny bit of airplay through the cork. Um, and just that little bit of air in the bottle is there. Um, enough to not contaminate it, but yeah, it's not going to destroy the wine. Like there's to... a reason there's that air there. Um, that said, like, honestly, I don't know. I don't totally know what goes on in a wine bottle that changes it. Yeah. Okay. Fine. <laughs> Leave a comment below. If you do turn it into content, there see we, what we did there. <laughs> um, well, what about, uh, do you know if like soil, cause like, obviously there's a lot of Bitcoiners that are like, you know, it's all about the soil, the soil actually, in fact, like Colin, uh, who was the last guest on the show, like, you know, he does some stuff, uh, with regenerative farming or has in the past and has talked about that. And my parents are, you know, cattle farmers. So I'm interested, like. You hear all the stuff about like shaking your rancher's hand and going back to the roots of farming and all the shortcuts that people take in your, you know, modern day, you know, mass production of farming, which I would consider grapes, mm -hmm. wine production, yeah. part of farming. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so a couple questions around soil. Does that affect the flavor of the grapes? And how do you know you have good or not good soil and do you do anything like basically tell me some stuff about soil that I would like to learn. Totally. Soil is going to have a huge effect on what grapes or what the wine tastes like that you can produce from a given area. Like I've had same variety, same winemaker soil was different within a football field distance. And the wines were completely different. Really? Yeah. Like everything's the same except for the soil. The soil has a really? huge difference in the way things are. Yeah. Okay. That is a lot more than I would have thought. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, like everything that a grape is, is it's sunlight, it's water, it's soil. So it's like, it's, it's food basically. Yeah. It's a third of its food. Yeah. I mean, like you're going to, the sunlight changes everywhere, but you know, generally it's more or less the same. Um, the intensity of it does matter and, um, it, right. it is important. Um, but the soil is, is, and the water plays into that. If, if it's groundwater, especially is like where all the, the cool minerals come from that, that make the grape. And so that's something I'm very cognizant of and, and want to, um, continue to like build great soil where I am. I'm on a river terrace. So. My soil is more alluvial. It's like, um, I mean, it's, it's river, river bottom, what it was. And so that compared to clay or limestone. That's good, right? Well, That's it's much different. Preferred. It's just oh, different. Okay. And so like where I am is like, I can dig down two feet and I don't hit a rock. Like it's amazing soil for growing anything. Right. What it does for wine specifically is it's going to make a little bit more of a light bodied wine. If you grow in clay soils, it's a powerful wine. If you grow in like pink granite based soils, I mean, obviously it's soil, it's not the rock, but that's where the soil is coming from. Right. It's like a little bit more flowery and fruity. I love wine from pink granite soils. Um, and so it's, I studied geology in college, so I, okay. I do nerd out about, on this a little bit. <laughs> that's where I was going next. <laughs> like, how the heck do you know all this stuff, um, dude? 
but I mean, it's also just like, it is such an important thing that when you're learning about wine, huh. the first, one of the first questions you ask is what soil what is this grown in? And so like the climate matters and everything, but it's all connected and the soil is a big, a big part of it. So to really have that full expression, I do dry farming. So I don't really irrigate the soil. I don't really irrigate the vineyard. And that works with grapes because they send their roots super far down. And so when you send your roots super far down, you're constantly finding new nutrients. If you were to do drip irrigation or constantly irrigate and flood, like those roots have no incentive to go super far down in search of water. So that's something you're like forcing the plants to do through forced hardship. So like, okay. I'm not like all. That's what the feds doing to us, by the way. <laughs> then they give us like, if, uh, if we're about to starve and there's like a, a big crisis, like I will water my vines a little right. bit, you just know, a little steamy. Yeah, just, just get a, it going little a little steamy bit. check, <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't totally disrupt Not the whole a full system. 1200, just a 600. No, I'll just buy you gas next time or something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> they're going to issue you a gas card. They'll yeah. only be able to spend at approved times a day. Yeah, they're not going to like approved state state approved vendors. They're not going to like me driving a truck around. I tell you that. Oh no! Well, California passed uh, the thing yesterday about like banning, like no more non electric cars by twenty thirty five. By twenty thirty five, damn, a decade to shoot themselves in the foot. Um. So okay. Well, so you said that it is you can drill further down and you train or you know kind of expose these uh roots so that they grow different or to more difficult or hard hardship conditions which affects the mm -hmm. the strength of the plant like does it make it live long like so more resilient? grapevines live a long time yeah what a lot I, of times what, what you heard. see above ground is I not necessarily like you heard it through the grapevine <laughs> thank hey. you okay. all right this show is so show so bad <laughs> subscribe if you're still listening um so <laughs> a lot of good puns on a lot of great puns on there great pun. um, that's a great pun there bro. but like what's above ground is not is not old like especially with pinot noir which is what i grow is something that and i'm at like the edge of I'm growing in the highest grape growing region in North America. So like we're on the edge of elevation, growing bias, grapes. Yeah, climate, elevation, all that stuff. Um, and Pinot Noir is kind of notoriously a, um, a difficult grape to grow. A lot of the above ground vine di dies off relatively frequently. So you're constantly training up new vines and a new vine needs, a, you know, at least a year to get up there and then a year to produce. Um, but like you're constantly doing that. So it's not a huge deal. It's just every once in a while, like in 2021, there was a huge frost and every grapevine in Colorado got killed to the ground. So the roots still lived. It sent up shoots the next year, but there was no grapes in Colorado in 2021. So did you, I mean, you didn't have a production that year? So I had to buy grapes from California that year. Oh, not what I want to be doing. I want to be producing right, Colorado right. wine, right? But like, how do I start a business with no product? How do I go a year with no product? You right. Know? And that's cycles, farming. I mean, yeah. it's just like there's shit happens and you got to deal with it. Um, I was still able to like produce. I want to produce Colorado wine, but like the biggest thing is I want to produce natural wine. And so what I was able to do is there was still some grapes in the vineyard. Like I was able to get some. And what I could do is I can do a natural fermentation still, which is my biggest thing is like. I just literally pick the grapes from my vineyard, 
crush them and they start fermenting with the wild yeast and bacteria that lives in my vineyard. Right. And so that creates different flavors in the wine as well. It creates more unique, kind of a lot more going yeah, it's on. It's like a sourdough. Like sure. Sourdough is yeah. the same process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I was able to still pick enough grapes to get that fermentation going to propagate that fermentation into the California grapes. So like when I see natural, okay. when I'm doing like my natural fermentation, what I'm feeling like is I'm imparting my land and my like my land's into flavors flavor. and essence into any other grapes that I'm that that's because of the wild yeast yes. that are there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I made I made sourdough here and then I made it like back when I lived across the country mm -hmm. and it different. It was different. Different I mean, it, different like, yeast, different strain and everything, or did you keep that starter going? Different starter. Okay. That's what I'm saying. I yeah. made I made the starter with a wild yeast in Colorado mm -hmm. instead of a wild yeast in wherever I was and it tasted the bread tasted different because mm. the wild yeast is different. Yeah. A different totally. You know, I mean, I, I'm not as familiar with sourdough, but like it's the same well, it's idea. The same, yeah. Same concept. Mm -hmm. It's like the wild yeast is just like naturally everywhere. Yeah. But, but there's different strains of it. The thing when, with wine is like what, what makes farming and being hands off and not spraying pesticides and herbicides in your vineyard is if you do that, you're going to upset the natural microbiome that right. lives there. And most yeast strains create vinegar like they still ferment but you're not getting that alcohol you're not getting like yeah. a fresh flavor and everything and that's why that's why most wines are made with yeast that you buy from a lab like it you know what you're getting you know you're not risking anything so given that why like why take the i mean is there a premium to selling it is there a marketing advantage to selling it because it sounds like it makes your planning like operation more difficult more challenging yeah. i mean definitely but it's also like, I mean, it's my secret sauce to a degree. Like the, the, there's definitely a big natural okay. wine movement, I would say. Um, but like what I'm doing is like, I'm trying to make Peonia wine special and I'm trying to impart the beauty of where I live in every bottle. Right. I'm trying to capture that. And it's like in its own way, but like without, without that wild fermentation it's just to it's me it's just like any other wine you know it's like it's not from here as much and you're from you're from colorado yeah i grew from up peonia yeah what uh for for those who are not familiar with peonia give us an idea of like what it's like there what was it like growing up in small town rural western colorado so i uh was born in austin texas lived there till i was eight and then it was my dad's dream to buy a farm and live off the land so when I was eight, we moved to Peonia, quite the shift. Yeah. It's a town of 2000. And at that time, there was always this like really intense, like super hardcore hippie and super hardcore um, miner, coal miner or rancher vibe and the like butted heads completely. Oh, yeah. And so that's kind of just Colorado. A lot of ways. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and, and like oil, gas, all that stuff, like it's all in the same boat. Um, right, right. But on both sides, what they shared is like serious love for and like respect for hard work. Because um, all the all the hippies very much wanted to live off the land and grow their own food and stuff. But like, it's just a different culture. Um, so I guess I was kind of caught in the middle because my parents were trying to live off the land and be somewhat hippies and stuff. And, <laughs> but I'm also playing like basketball and, and football and soccer and everything with everyone else. And the high school was all, um, for the most part, like, um, coal miners kids and stuff. And so if, I mean, I grew up with the same, I had a graduating class of 39 and went to school with probably 25 of them since second grade. 
Wow. So that's crazy. One small town. It's not like it was just you still keep in touch with school. any of your Yeah, for sure. Um I've got classmates. Yeah, yeah. probably I mean I kind of you with that you have friends from all the different classes, but I mean I've probably got like 10 people that I keep up with very frequently. Um you just you know you grow up with them, you know their family, like right. you know everything. Not for sure. I mean, I'm from New Orleans, much bigger. Mm-hmm. But similar vibe. Yeah, I mean, I I can I see that. I've met a lot of people from New Orleans, and I I feel like the familial, just like yeah. community vibe, is so strong there. It's like, oh, your mom and them. Oh, I know your mom and them. Don't you talk about my mama like that, boy? <laughs> That's a saying in uh, Louisiana. Your mom and them. How's your mom and them doing? Really? It's like your mom and a greater extended family. Right on. Yeah, and, and them. And, and I mean, and it just them. it's cool that like you can just assume <laughs> like, that greater like, extended family is around, like. Right. That's something that I kind of am realizing is really cool. But like in hindsight, I'm like, oh, cool. Your family never left. When I was growing up, I was like, oh, cool. Your family never left this town. And now I'm like, I moved back and like, I want to have a family there. Like I get it. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, dude, having a, having, having property in Colorado today, especially rural Colorado, I would hold on to that. With water is the big thing. With water. Mm-hmm. You have water rights? Yes. How do you, get, is that something that, that your dad negotiated for when he first bought the land or how do you get essentially that? it comes with the land. So like initially like the, the ditch is dug and it services these people and their land and all, all that stuff is already pretty much divided up. And then if you buy land and want more, want some of that ditch, you can add buy on into it and um, take whatever's left. But you have once, if you're later to it, you get less water, like, or you're last to get your last in line. Right. So where we are is one of the first ditches dug in the area on the valley floor. And we are the last users of the, like, we're at the end of the ditch. It goes into the river on our property. So basically all the water that's there for all intents and purposes, like it is ours to use. Which helps. Yeah. I mean, we have a specific amount that we're allowed to use, but like if, if we don't use it all by any means, um, and we, yeah, whatever we need is, is there. I, I, that, is that something that's like, takes like, cause that's something you could get today or, is, or, or just being that your dad got this property. So well, it's, the, it's property based. I mean, right, you can so buy, could you find property with like water rights like that today? Or is it all pretty much taken? Well, as water gets more and more scarce, that's, well, that's, it, yeah, it's it more and more expensive. Right. Um, I mean, where we are specifically is like at the top of the watershed, which is really nice. But one of the, the biggest sources is a, is a, the Panyon Reservoir is a dam that was built on Muddy Creek. And if you can imagine Muddy Creek flowing into a dam for 60 years, it's starting to fill up. So every year, not just from um, worsening drought and, I mean, like, it's, we've experienced so much drought over the last 20 years. It's really just normalizing and desertification at this point. But like that reservoir also, when it's full, just holds less water. So it's, it sounds like it might be, you, you all are exceptionally fortunate then, given like the soil makeup that you have, that this is like a type of soil that retains water really well. And it's not like the clay or rock that... It's land that's been farmed organically for the last like 100 years. It's, I mean... Not only did it start out as good soil, but it's been farmed well. It's been farmed regeneratively for the last hundred years. And so it's just, I mean, we're in such an amazingly beautiful spot. My farm is surrounded by other organic farms. Like one of my best friends lives, his family's farm is like right next to me. And what do they grow? 
they grow all kinds of different fruits. So peaches, cherries, plums, apples, pears, everything. Um, yeah. He, I mean, he's honestly, he's the guy that got me into Bitcoin, which is, so it's really nice to be well, next to him. Give him a shout out. What's his, uh, farm? He doesn't really like to do, uh, Oh, I want to do. We could have gave his farm a shout out without mentioning Bitcoin. Now, now, yeah, it's, now too it's too late. <laughs> I guess I could edit it, but eh. no, you're good. Um, so I mean, well, it sounds like there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of Bitcoiners out there, like in that rural Colorado area. Like, do you find the people? Because you earlier you were saying that like people know you as like the Bitcoin guy. Like, sure on Twitter, but like, well, my friends, just because I couldn't shut up about it for two years. Right. Well, yeah, same. I mean, we all went through <laughs> but that, it, right? But I've seen, but I've seen pictures of you like selling at the farmer's markets mm-hmm. and you have the, you know, like Bitcoin accepted yeah. here and stuff. So like, you know, for those Paonia and rural Colorado residents, like, how, you know, how have those conversations going? Like, what, what do you hear? Especially I now, mean, more recently. Yeah. So my, um, my neighbor, um, when I moved back to Paonia, I built a house and um, I live in part of the house and we, we rented out. And um, the woman, one of the people who lives downstairs was just talking to me and it, the Canadian trucker protest came up and, um, and not her sister or something is a nurse and like in Canada and she couldn't leave because she was unvaccinated and had no choice. And so like this came up naturally and I was like, yeah brought up Bitcoin. And that was like one of our first conversations. And she's Mm -hmm. like, I think we're going to get along. And that was really nice. There's a lot of self-sovereignty in the area. Like everyone wants to put in the work and like living off the land, like growing your own vegetables and fruit like that, you know, growing your own wine, raising your own cattle. Like Mm -hmm. those seem like the types of virtuous moral types of people that we were referring to earlier, like the, the proof of work type people that would under naturally be more inclined to totally understand bitcoin yeah but i mean no one wants to like i mean it'll get there eventually and like they're predisposed to maybe take that radical responsibility but like there's also the i don't know anything about money or i'm poor and i'm just mad at the system for my way of life not working or um and there's just a level of education and and i really want to be a part of that i mean i love talking with people and helping people understand these things and I'm not like a a technical Bitcoiner. I'm asking you all these questions about how things work, but like I understand generally how it works and just how to get to a base level of understanding and take responsibility for your financial freedom. Yeah, personal responsibility, that's like a new thing that people are going to have to get used to. Mm -hmm. Um, But I agree. It's like so critical, dude. But it's not like a straight line. Like you got to start out small and baby steps, Mm -hmm. you know. Like most people don't even hold cash. Most businesses don't even accept cash anymore. So. Yeah. Man. I mean, I like. You don't. From a, you probably don't even accept no, cash. No, I accept cash. Um, <laughs> you only accept Bitcoin. I accept cash, but like I get it. If as far as like from a. Like we as a lot of Bitcoiners like look at it like, oh, you don't accept cash. Like, fuck you. You're against privacy. But it's like, yo, I'm trying to like facilitate sales for all these different people. And it's a lot easier for me to just swipe a credit card. Like I make more money if I can just not have to deal with giving you change yeah. and everything. I do. Also, I get rewards points if I pay with the credit card. Totally. So yeah. until the incentive, <laughs> until the incentives are as such, why wouldn't I pay with a credit card? Yeah. It can be reversed. If I mean, you if you want the over, privacy, can... go for it on cash. And I'm like, part of it's like the reason I started accepting Bitcoin for sales is, yeah. is I wanted to be out there and be like, just we should and, accept it. It will be a node in the world of like right. being like, and what was funny is this is kind of what I expected, but like, I didn't expect anyone to come up to me and want to buy with Bitcoin. I started getting all these 
like girls would walk by and, and they'd point and be like, whoa, look, Bitcoin, we should tell your brother. They accept Bitcoin there. Uh, yeah, tell your brother because <laughs> your brother's an idiot and got scanned. So Seriously. That's way, tell him. That's the way it started out. Um, and then, and like with the, the cash thing is like, I don't ever want to stop accepting cash just because it's, it's kind of a statement. Like I want to be there if someone does want that personal privacy. Um, yeah, you should, you should, uh, accept, you yeah, should offer cash. Definitely. And like, I'm going to offer everything. Um, that's the only way to pay that like doesn't have your IP or like, can, yeah, dude, it's like crazy how I went to go make a virtual machine today. My, I think this mic cable is on its last leg. Um, I went to go create a virtual machine to like revamp the podcast website. Mm -hmm. And they ask you for your full name, your home address, your billing, your billing info, your credit card number. And I tried just putting like BTC BAP instead of like my full name. Mm -hmm. And I tried putting my business address instead of my home address where I live. And it was like, nope. Really? We can't do it. And it was like, we know. And it literally said, it was like, reasons you have been denied could be one of the following. And it was like trying to, or unintentionally masking your identity or location. And I was like, oh my God, privacy's gone, dude. It's gone, man. I mean, and if you're not, like, I know that. I wasn't even like, like, I have all of these places registered. Yeah. Like, the business is a registered business in Colorado. Like, the credit card is a registered credit card under the business. They were just like, no, we know what you're trying to do, and we want to yeah. know who you are. And it kind of turns in, like, I know it's not completely zero sum. You got to go all in to have any privacy. But at the same time, it, it, I think it is. I think you pretty much have to go all in. Yeah. I'm, and well, if you don't, you might as well, like, what's the point? You can get rid of the low hanging fruit at least. Yeah. Yeah. You can but, make it a little difficult. Dude, if you either, like, you're you're keeping the good people honest is like what you're doing like if you don't go all in like if you're just doing a little bit low-hanging fruit like you're just keeping like the yeah no anyone who wants actually, to can right, can right. find your stuff and yeah so to someone who's not technical to someone who's building a business to like literally not have to work on a computer which is what i like i right. just do not want to spend time on a computer for work is i mean what what am i supposed to do i, I just kind of give up to it and i mean you have relative relatively good decent privacy like i mean good passwords and like everything like that but as far as like your information going out there like it's out there man and also with like selling my wine so much of wine sales is oh, you have age verification you've got to go through and stuff well, too yeah so i mean that, that honestly is like not not as big as <laughs> i'm thinking it is no it's honestly like it i think that maybe <laughs> when you do swipe your credit card they like know who you are or you have to sign a, the box to receive it. But like, as far as ordering huh. on my website, you, you do, you click like, yes, I am over 21 yes, years 21. old. Yeah. Oh, great. Okay. But then you got to sign for it. Um, and, oh, when and, you receive it. Yeah. Yeah. But some, I mean, some okay. places they don't so even really do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, okay. So we were talking about the people who come up oh, my brother mm -hmm. is into this, right? Like, well, I mean, what, that's not great. Well, that's where it started. So that's like, beginning of the year, um, June, 2021, okay. June, 2022. Sorry. Um, when Wait, I, oh, we're in 23 now. Yes. Yeah, tripped me out. But, um, that, that was like, um, my first year of wine sales coincided with like my first full year of understanding Bitcoin 2021 and growth okay. within that, you know, I but had no idea what a lightning, that's when I bought, that's that was, when I bought Bitcoin to send XRP 
to oh, be able to ride to... that shit all the way down because I couldn't buy. Bro, you didn't ex- have to say that on recording. I Man, wasn't gonna recap dude, it. Dude, I'm not afraid of it. Like I, I <laughs> fucked up. You know. Man got XRP. <laughs> hey, we all did. Yeah, I mean, I think like, I actually made money on XRP. Damn. I, and I reported the gains on my taxes. Damn, you are a saint and a scholar. The government would say, Zach, why are you in Bitcoin again? Because like based on your tax returns. You've made more money on every other crypto than you've ever like. Bitcoin doesn't seem like it's your thing, bro. You might want to reconsider yeah, or something else. Up, like, try, try our product, the dollar. The dollar, right? I hear it's got a great interest rate. Gives you a yield, risk-free yield. Yes, no risk. And if they steal your money, they can just print more and bail you out. So honestly, it's dollars a dollar, dollar. Dude, <laughs> might be onto something. But uh, like the first year of wine sales, I didn't. You know, I no one came up. I didn't have a sign. No one came up to me. The Bitcoin sign. Yeah, I didn't have a Bitcoin sign. No one came up to me asking or anything. The next year, I'm more into it. Um, I've found, I got on Bitcoin Twitter and realized how many Bitcoiners there are. When did you join Bitcoin Twitter? um, This year or a year ago? Yeah, I mean, probably within like the last year or so. Damn, dude. You got how many followers? You skyrocketed past me. People like farming content, I guess. I I I think, yeah. Anyway. So, so anyways, like I'm, I'm put that sign up and all I'm getting initially is like, all you know, people walking by and there's always been a lot of that, um, continuously. But then, um, like, I don't know, the first person walked up and was like, you're a Bitcoiner, you accept Bitcoin. And I was just like, immediately like kind of taken out of sales mode and be like, Oh my God, this is awesome. Like the first person. And, uh, I, one of my favorite stories is this, uh, this woman comes up and she's like, Chase saw my wine, likes it. And is like, you accept Bitcoin? I was like, yeah, yeah, of course. And she's like, I got to go get my husband. So it's, all, it's him still the husband. It's his husband yes. or brother. But she's like, he needs to talk to you. Yeah. And the way I heard that was like, he talks to me about Bitcoin all the time. Every time, right? All he needs day someone long. to talk to. Yeah. And so he came up and like, uh, you know, he bought some wine and um, we chatted for a little bit. And then the next time he was around, um, he bought some more wine and then we went and got a beer. And like, this is, I mean brilliant guy been in Bitcoin for a long time, but like just never really, he, he's big on privacy and he doesn't want to like go out and go to meetups all that much or like interact too much on Twitter or anything. So he just doesn't have that many Bitcoiners to be around. And doesn't I was have like, an outlet to yeah. go to. Yeah. But I, this guy was like, wow, you are, I was like, you are incredibly smart and amazing to talk to. And it's just so, this is like early on. I hadn't met many Bitcoiners. Like, this is awesome. I want to meet more people like you. And so he and I stay in touch and, um, that's been fun, but that was like the intro of like, cool. I had that went to Bitcoin Miami and then, um, the beef initiative had a conference out at my place, out basically in my yeah, town. Yeah. And I wanted to go to that, man. It was, I mean, they let me be a part of it. I mean, I gave a tour of my vineyard to like some amazing Dude, people. That's what was at Jason's. Yeah. So Jason hosted it. And, um, there was one afternoon where Jason did a show. tour and, um, and I did a tour of my place and then you could go out and shoot prairie dogs. And I had some awesome people come to my place, like literally at my house, drinking wine, a bunch of Bitcoiners. Like I was in heaven and the Sounds energy like yeah. of the people at that conference was just like so exciting and just like visceral that I was like, one, these people are doing things right. What are they doing? Um, eating a lot more meat, apparently. Yeah, that's a key. And then um, also just like, wow, okay, cool. So Bitcoin Miami was cool. Bitcoiners are awesome, but these people that like also have this additional thing that I'm into, yeah. regenerative agriculture, farming, just being your best self is like, 
I need to dive into this. So ever since then, like that's when I really took posting on Twitter more seriously, as far as like actually sharing what I'm doing, because I found it's a way to just meet people, to meet other Bitcoiners. And that's the best basket of people that I've found to meet. Dude, you're, I mean, it's great for marketing. Like you've done a good job of like bringing up your brand that you've, that's the thing, like once you do it, like you've built the brand, like yeah, it's your brand. You control the name, the brand, everything. Mm-hmm. Like, right? You own the business wholly, yep. or does your dad? Your dad's part of it? No, or? it's me. Sorry, dad. Only one of us can go towards riches. <laughs> no, I mean he has his life, man. He's seventy-five. He's he's oh, living dang, a good life. Old. Like, uh, he's not in a position where he'd want to run a business. Did, and I wanted, I like doing things myself. So. It was his. You said it was his idea to become a farmer. What did he farm? So when he first, like when you guys first got it. So he initially bought 65 acres of apples and pears organic. Like your neighbors were doing. Okay. Yeah. And so there's other farms around, but then farmed that for a year, packing all the fruit himself, selling it second year, sold all the fruit wholesale third year after losing a bunch of money. The first two years realized that that was definitely not the place. So then sold off slash rented some of it to a, um, another f- family farmers and cut down a bunch of trees to try different things. And so one of the things he tried was he got talked into planting Pinot Noir grapes in 2004 and was initially just going to sell the grapes to a friend of his that's a winemaker in the area. And then his friend, after we got our first crop, was like, no, I want the grapevines to mature for one more year. I'll buy them next year, but I'll show you how to make wine. And so my dad made wine and was like, that's like 5% of the work. And now I have wine. Like, I'm just going right. to keep making wine. He had no idea what he was doing, you know, just like learning how to do it on the fly and just kept doing it every year. And eventually there was like a couple big crops and it was, it's illegal to have above a certain amount of wine without, uh, without a, li- a liquor license. Right. Um, oh, really? Yeah. You can have, it's like three, it's a lot. It's a lot and it's enough for a home winemaker. But like once you want to give it above a certain amount, you do have to have a liquor license. And so then he got a liquor license. And with that much wine, you're like, well, I have to sell it because I'm not just going to sit on all this wine, all this wine. So he started selling it. And it was like, I mean, it was like the it wine in the valley. As far as things go, he was selling it to restaurants in Aspen and like mostly my sister selling it for him. But like um, people loved it. And he did that for a couple of years. And then he had a bunch of wine go bad. And was like, well, whatever, I'll just make enough for me and I'll sell the rest of the grapes. Like, it'll be fine. Um, and so at that point, I was just like looking for, I was kind of looking for direction, honestly. And I'd realized that I like entrepreneurship. I like starting a business and wasn't, I was living in Denver and I was not that psyched on things. Um, and there was no path in geology. Like there was no career path I wanted to hit. So I was just kind of on the phone with him and he brought up some numbers on wine. And I was like, that makes sense. I could do that. And you, so you like didn't really you I didn't know, like a wine guy. I didn't know anything about wine. Did you did you like drinking it at least? I was kind of getting into whiskey. So no. I mean like it was whiskey fine, it was good, but like very no, different. you know. I mean my memory of like growing up on the vineyard was being forced to work all summer. Um, oh, so yeah, you and so it. yeah, totally, <laughs> totally, totally. Um but it was like I knew in my like I knew deep down that it was like this is a better life. Let right. me go live on the farm and build a business. And initially I thought maybe I'll move back to Denver. Now that I'm there, there's no way. But, um, I literally just made wine without any idea of how to do it. And then had to do it again for another year and wait two years before I knew whether my wine was good. 
like the free market said my wine was good. How, how, where do you get the confidence to like take a chance on yourself like that? A little bit of insanity. <laughs> I mean, there's definitely like, like looking back, I'm like, wow, that was crazy. But also like Bitcoin, what Go, else was going I going to do? Going on Bitcoin is probably similar, similarly crazy. Yeah. I mean, both relatively thought out uh, as far as like, okay, cool. So I want to have a business. This opportunity is there because my dad yeah. has like, I need to scale up everything he has, but he has everything to get me going. So it was easier to, it wasn't like you were starting from scratch. No, the infrastructure was there. Which I had a huge, wine cellar. I had huge. some barrels. I had some like stuff to manufacture. I've had to scale everything up, rebuild my wine cellar, all that stuff. Right. But I like, saw one of your racks broke. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's just like hard to pick up. Continuous process. A forklift. A forklift. Yeah, you're not picking up a barrel. That is like yeah. five to eight hundred pounds. Um, <laughs> Speak for yourself. Yeah, I just got to eat more meat. Is Bro, what you're saying? Have man. you not been? <laughs> have you not been uh, lifting and building through the bear market? As they say, you got to build those iron hands. Stronger than ever. Diamond diamond hands. Is that what it is? Diamond, diamond hands. Diamond hands. Yeah. Those might. If diamonds are the sharpest object, they might pierce your. Well, it's the hardest barrel. object. The hardest object. Yeah. It might break your barrel. Yeah, I mean, I, there's no diamonds in my my wine room. One day, maybe, but maybe. like, uh, why diamonds when you can have Bitcoin or wine? Yeah, only liquid assets for me. Ha <laughs> liquid <laughs> assets. Go. Let's go. <laughs> that was good. Wine's not that liquid, though. No, I mean, it's, I mean, if you wanted to sell your vin your vineyard and like mm -hmm. all your product, like you'd probably take a pretty big haircut if you just wanted to like oh, yeah. dump it all at Wholesale, once. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I do all direct consumer just because like. That's because you get the best. Like, yeah, rate. I get the best you rate. It takes ounce. more work in my way, and it, but it's just like to me, I'm like, well, I don't know how big I want to get, and I don't want to grow too fast. This is the first like real successful business I've ever run. I'm still learning how to do it, and so I don't want to grow too fast because if I need to create more wine, I have to wait two years for right. that to be ready. You I have to expand now, switch. and I can't. Re realize any profits for that is interesting start realizing profits for two years and it's going to take a year to realize those there's a it's that's a hard business because you've got to plan it out ahead of mm -hmm. time yeah huh. yeah so yeah i mean i just kind of like i guess starting it it was like well i want to start a business and uh the best way to learn how to start a business is to, to do, do it, it. Yep. and i'll figure it out and if it doesn't work like I'll start I'll something start like something. I believe in myself, you know, I'm, I'm, this is probably going to fail, but I'll What's figure it out. American Hoddle said, you know, I start, it starts with believing, you know what I did before I bought Bitcoin? I believed in myself. Start <laughs> yes, there. Yes. I mean, you got to trust there. your, like, um, it's true. There's you a lot of, a lot of like, oh, cool. So you're like trusting you're you're just investing in this thing. Right, right. And it's like, no, I know what I'm buying. Well, it's not an investment. First no, of all, it's, it's sa savings. Yeah. That's the outside perspective. But like, I know what I'm buying. I know what money I'm saving in and I know the risk reward on that. Like I, there's, it's a informed choice I'm making and the other informed choice is like, cool. So I'll hold this mel melting ice cube or I'll invest in a bunch of stuff that I have no idea what it is. How much of our age group do you think is starting to get that? And do you think that they're like, it's getting better? Like more people are starting to realize it. I've been impressed with over the last like two years, how much more receptive people are even because we're like getting to that age, dude, where mm -hmm. I'm like, my camp cable, I might have to unplug this. We're getting, we're getting to that age where 
like people are starting to think like, okay, what did I do with my life? Mm-hmm. Like if I were to die tomorrow, like what, well, what would my legacy be? Yeah. Have I found fulfillment? Like, mm-hmm. am I hitting my goals that I thought I would hit milestones, you know, or so totally. it's like 30. It's like, yeah, oh, does have a started a business yet? Like, mm-hmm. you know, have I independent. Yeah. Most of my friends are hitting the point where it's like, okay, cool. You're doing what you're going to be doing. Right. And it's like, if I haven't, why not? Yeah. And then I'm asking myself, why not? Okay. What's what went wrong? Mm-hmm. Oh, I assume a few of them, maybe no, something like, didn't get to that point. Maybe you're like, oh, I didn't do anything wrong. It's the, the, the system is rigged against me. But that's why they're and not doing it. Compared to my peers, because they're blaming someone okay. else. They're blaming someone else on that. And like, it, it comes down to like, okay, I'm 28. Most of my friends the same age. Like, if you're not taking responsibility for yourself right. at this point, like, no one is. You're not gonna. Yeah. You're probably and you're, not and gonna. maybe you're not gonna. Yeah. I mean, some people figure it out like in this range, like, you know, to mid 30s. But um, I think that as more people that I'm close to figure out, that what they build is what they get. The further they get away from maybe mom and dad helping them out, the more receptive they are to what I'm talking about, which I mean, as we There's no uh, shortcuts. Dude. No. And, and, and as we understand Bitcoin, like we come up, we find different ways to explain it and everything. And a lot of what I get at is just like, Hey, this is the situation. And this is like one responsible option that you need to learn about. And work your ass off and you'll probably figure it out. Well, I think like where I start a lot is like explaining to our age group. Cause like I'm 30, mm-hmm. right? But like our age group is like, well, I don't have kids yet. I don't own a house yet. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You tell me, why well, don't you own a house yet? Why? And I think you say he's telling me you've saved every year and you feel like you haven't gotten ahead. And you've telling me that your college debt is still holding you back. And you're telling me that like, minimum wage without college debt 89 90% of what your salary is today mm-hmm. and so like this was all a waste and like telling me that every time you get like a raise like inflation eats up the rest of it and like the differences in taxes also eat up the rest of that it's facing the realities and i think huh. a lot of like when we were maybe just getting out of college 12, 25 yeah. something like before we'd really like you know rubber hit the road there's a lot of like oh man back like in our parents days man they were getting married and having kids already right. like we whoa. didn't realize we thought like at least and I'm, uh, I'm speaking for myself here mm-hmm. but like I thought it was something that I did wrong and then in my late 20s I think it was in 2020 mm-hmm. I was like no 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 I've done everything exactly how I'm supposed to I got screwed it's the money because mm-hmm. I worked in finance and I was like I'm literally supposed to be like you're making it. I'm supposed yeah. to be the guy. Like everybody would be like, damn, dude, you must be crushing it. And I'm like, no, I'm not actually. <laughs> Wait, am I supposed to be? <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that's, we took very different paths to get to this point because like, at, that's at, why it's so in, interesting to talk. In 2019, it. I was very much like starting over on everything. I mean, I was going a completely different path and going on complete total debt mode, working two jobs, starting a business, you know, just everything I can do. But like, I guess, I was thinking like when I I felt like people my age were like looking or in my like growing up, like my age along the ride were like, man, those old generations that like had bought a house, had kids, got married and stuff like, man, that what a you didn't even like, where was the fun? You didn't even get to have any fun. It's like, 
Interesting. Shoot. Huh. That's, uh, I thought that too. That's kind of what, yeah. But now I'm like, man, maybe they that's had it what right. I want. You know, maybe that's what I want. <laughs> Isn't that funny? I, t- yeah, I completely agree, man. It's like, I grew up in the city in inner, inner city, New Orleans. Like, I mean, inner city mm-hmm. or like, you don't go outside at night, especially now. But like back then it was pretty bad too. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, grown over time like it's the distaste for the city life and like but i wanted all the fan i remember being like a kid you know i'm like oh i want the fancy suit i want like the hot wife like the fancy car the big house i don't want any of that stuff now dude i want to be as low profile as possible mm-hmm. like the only pop only way i want people to know about me is because they listen to value stack podcast that's it and I'm like it's amazing how i think our age group kind of like saw what was changing and sort of got in the middle of it mm-hmm. and we're like, well, what do we do? Like, I guess kind of like you're learning as you go. I mean, I think every generation goes through that, but I find that like what I thought were going to be my adulthood ideals are so drastically different from what they actually are today. Um, and I, I do think a big part of that, as we were talking about earlier is Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Like it kind of changes you in a way. And that's why I asked about, like our peers and like what you think, like if, if they're starting to get it, because I do think maybe this is just my worldview and just mine, but I think that Bitcoin is for me, it was key to understanding the greater, bigger picture of what's like, what's going on with society. You need a grounding uh, right thing. And Bitcoin becomes that. It was same for me. It's that the grounding anchor, thing where I was able point, to yep. be like, okay, cool. There's this. What's all that other stuff. Right. Like when I, when I like Bitcoin helped me see the light, in the vaccine stuff Mm -hmm. and like it helped me see the light in food and helped me see the light in Western medicine and it helped me see the light in, I I won't even call it medicine. I really call it drugs. Like, and it's really changed me dramatically, dude, like to where I like want more holistic things. I'm skeptical of, like shortcuts and technology, which ironically, Bitcoin is a technology, right? It's a tool, a technology, but, but I've found that it's pretty foundational technology. If you're looking at money as like, like I, I look at money as the, the foundational technology of society. It's what allows us to have this complex society. And if like, so yeah, Bitcoin so is a pretty fundamental thing. That. Yeah. It's, it's rewired people. Like, Broken money will break people and good money will create virtuous people and a more virtuous society, I think. And so I've seen our kind of generation go through, because I mean, in the 90s, like when we were born, like money wasn't like dead broken yet. No. I mean, like it was fiat. Mm -hmm. There was no backing. We knew where it was going. Right. We we hadn't hit the, we were in the third turning Mm -hmm. with, is what they they say. Yeah. Absolutely revolutionized the way I see the world as well. Same, same. We were in the third turning at that time. Right. And now we're in the fourth turning, like dead smack in the center of it, like in the heat of the fourth turning. We were in the third turning. So like we had some time, but then we, the fourth turning, which has been our life, basically our adult life, like teenage and adult life so far. Um, has been just like, oh, sh- things are not like, oh, things are not like they used to be. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and no, and I think back to your original question, like people are starting to see that. And yes, I've been so impressed by 
the change just in the last, I mean, like I've seen it in myself and like learning about Bitcoin and all like growing my business and just becoming an older, wiser version of myself. Like you notice yeah. it in yourself the most, but, um, I've just like these little comments from people that I'm close to that. I'm like, damn, you would not have said that a couple of years ago. Huh. Like that is, that's cool. Do you remember any, start- like offhand? Just like, a- um, I, I think I'm just coming not to put you on the spot. No, just- no, I don't have anything specific, but like there's, um, just, I think that the, the opening thing that I think I see the most and the most common from people is just like understanding that like everything about the vaccine was, I mean, maybe not everything like I, whatever, but like, it's just like understanding that generally that whole thing was just like so wrong. Yeah. And that's a, become a window for a lot of people where then we can be like, oh, cool. So we got that little crack. Let's like touch back on these other tiny little things. And with high CPI hmm. also, it's like, like I had a friend that, um, really good friend of mine from college that I just ride in a car with him. Can't shout up about Bitcoin. And, um, he, you know, he eventually buys some and, um, comes back to me a few months later. And he's like, that whole inflation thing you were talking about happened. And there's just all these like more things that we keep talking about are happening. But the, but the whole Bitcoin being a hedge to it didn't, right? No, I mean, at all, because then you have to go in and define what is inflation and everyone thinks it's prices, but prices come so much after monetary inflation. Prices are sticky. Yeah. People forget that. Um, But yeah, in the short term, prices are going up and you having less money. So like, Mm -hmm. take that. Isn't Bitcoin great? Yeah, man. (laughs) Bitcoin worked. Yeah, no, it worked all right. Like we were talking about before. extra poor. You're like, oh, cool. I convinced all of my friends to buy Bitcoin at the top and now they're not going to buy Bitcoin again. That's what literally happens. (laughs) That's what happens. So So many of my friends bought at the top much because I told them to. Yeah, I bought at the top. I bought at the top. Yeah. Um, Also bought well, before they, I told them to. Of course. I've been telling them to buy for a while, but yeah, they didn't actually. Like, you listen when it's you like. listen when PQ4, it's like, oh, yeah. he's not crazy. Mm-hmm. He's rich now, so he must be right. Which is like, no. And now I'm like calling him like, hey, remember. This is Bitcoin. the time. This is the time to buy. And they're like, how dare you call me? You yeah. Go. I just like, lost $100. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> in the last 10 seconds or what? Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but the, you touched on a point that, it, that I am like currently wanting to focus on more and more is there's all these bad things that are happening in the world that are opening up cracks for people to see why Bitcoin matters, right? I mean, all the, the bad fear-based reasons to buy Bitcoin are generally moving in the direction of coming true generally. Yeah. However, in my experience, just like meeting other Bitcoiners and what we were talking about at the top of this was they're awesome. And if we can just like be great people and everyone knows that we're big. Like if you got into Bitcoin in the last year or two, or even before that, no one has forgotten that you're a Bitcoiner. You didn't shut up about it. And they think you're dead wrong. Yes. They remember. Oh, they remember. And yes. They know you're a Bitcoiner. They know who to come to <laughs> and if they, they ever want to get into Bitcoin. <clears throat> but yeah. what I'm realizing is like, we can talk about all the bad shit that's going to happen. And maybe people will find Bitcoin. But what I'm realizing is like in, yeah, I've been talking about it for a little while. Maybe people just understand my consistency, but like also the better my business does, the more successful I am, 
the more my people take my Bitcoin conversation, my friends take my Bitcoin conversation seriously. Totally. So it's like, if we want to orange pill the world, we can just be the most badass people and people are going to want to emulate that. And yep. I've met so many awesome Bitcoiners that that's not just talk. It's like people are doing it, but a lot of people are not necessarily doing it in a, let me put myself out there as a Bitcoiner. And, you know, I understand the privacy thing, like do your, th like whatever you're comfortable with, but like I live my life as a Bitcoiner. I put Bitcoin on my business. I'm about to put this next year. I'm going to put Bitcoin on all my bottles. On the like, label. Yeah. You, got um, to. you should put a QR code. There's, I mean, I have a lot of different ideas. What, it, what I'm most excited about is developing like specifically a Bitcoin bottle. That's like all the Bitcoin stuff, like, and is only available for sale prices for, listed for in Satoshi's yeah, yeah. yeah. price listed in Satoshi's though in Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, it's and a fixed quantity there's of Bitcoin. going to be around. I mean, I picked what I did was I picked the best barrel of my 2021 vintage and I'll do that going forward. The best barrel is only available for Satoshi's. That's the Bitcoin barrel. Yes. Tight. Tight. And so that's a limited, that's like 300 bottles ever in existence. That's a, that's a barrel. 300. A, a round. Yeah. I mean, um, how many grapes does it take to make a barrel? <laughs> how many individual grapes man okay. i think it's like i, I think answer it's like it however is the most i'm just curious like maybe like 10 clusters or something but like every cluster is different um to how a bottle okay. i'm sure someone can google acres this of 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 grapes do you need to make a barrel that's the seasonality thing like so we have three acres in production and the most barrels we've ever gotten is 18 one oh. year i got zero the last couple of years i've gotten two that's like, all yeah. just three acres yeah that was a huge year and like I got two barrels last year and two barrels two years before that and zero in between. Or so like 600 bottles, lots of, of variants. Yeah. And like two barrels right. goes fast when I'm selling wine, like 600, I mean, 600 bottles goes pretty quick. Right. Huh? I want it. I've got some land. I didn't realize you didn't need that much land, but you got to plan years ahead Man, of time. If you plant a vineyard, the quickest you see any return is eight years. Oh yeah, no, I'm good. That's some no time <laughs> preference there, bro. Yeah. I feel like uh, that might be what Bitcoin mining is like. Actually, you just might never see a return. I mean, you got operating costs within it. Like, I guess you got operating costs in the grapes, but, or in running the, running everything, but it's a lot of, How do you're you, doing the work, you know, so it's. Well, I mean, like time. being a Bitcoiner and a business owner, like with that kind of like capital expenditure planning ahead of time. Like obviously with Bitcoin being these prices, but also you have to give yourself runway to, to grow because it's your income. And I imagine it's just like, you want to do this full time. Yeah. So how do you decide like when, when, so, when to buy Bitcoin, when do you <laughs> buy some hectares? You I know? mean, <laughs> come on, there's no rhyme or reason why I buy Bitcoin. It's oh, yeah, just it's kind like of, the color of the wind, the, I'm co not the a, color of the wind. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a sophisticated, the, the smell of the ocean. Yeah. Um, but no, but seriously, like I, what do you do? Do you like, is it, is it, just based on how you feel? And if so, what are no, those emotions? No, I mean, like, it's, I'm really into Bitcoin. If, I, if I'm like, I think it's going up forever, you it know, is. I buy and like, you know, I've, I've, <laughs> I would say there's no specific plan. Just like the yeah. goal in my life is to have run a successful business and not have to, not have to ever sell Bitcoin. Right. And so there may be a point where I decide that like buying something with Bitcoin is worthwhile. Like if there's some specific tract of land that I want, that's more valuable to me than the Bitcoin in Wait, a lot of ways. So you're all for other people selling their Bitcoin to you, but you won't mm -hmm. sell yours. Yeah. So um, I don't think it makes financial sense 
It, like there's no, oh, it doesn't. there's no reason that's like specifically countable or tangible to buy something with Bitcoin. Well, right? and, you, and you can, you can still pay you in Bitcoin with strike. Like yeah. I can, you can send take dollars and they send you Bitcoin. Totally. Yeah. And like, realistically, like for me, I could just convert that to dollars or I could convert every dollar that I get to Bitcoin. Like in the end, it doesn't make any like actual difference, but what it does for me psychologically is like every I'd never want to sell my Bitcoin. So if you send me Bitcoin, it's staying as Bitcoin. And it's going into what it does is it gives me a stack that's like not necessarily my, like it's not yeah, KYC. It's not KYC. Yeah, yeah, so right. so when you buy Bitcoin, when you buy something with Bitcoin from someone that you care about, hopefully they are doing it in the right way, but like you are contributing to their non-KYC stack. Oh, I just sent mine straight from Coinbase to their wallet. That way Coinbase thinks it's me. Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, me. exactly. I mean, so that's they're the tracking thing. the wrong guy for the next 30 years. <laughs> so when he commits a crime with that yeah. Bitcoin, you're Aunt, screwed. Aunt Suzanne is like going <laughs> going to buy groceries and there's like the, you know, Interpol. Yes. <laughs> like, You've been shut up. Stop off. where you are. Um, no, so like there's that and then there's kind of the, like I'll, I'll, I'll give Bitcoiners a discount. I'll give you better service. Part of that's just like the interpersonal, like this is a relationship that means yeah. more to me. Well, so you're building your niche market. I mean, finding like niche verticals in your mm -hmm. marketing, like if you become like the Bitcoin wine guy, like that's, and that's, you're not just the wine guy because <laughs> there's a million fucking wine guys, dude. I don't know but if, if you're the Bitcoin wine guy, you now have a niche. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of snuck up on me. Like I got on Twitter to just shit post and learn about Bitcoin. Well, dude, it, of course, but it has, and it's worked mm -hmm. because I mean, that's like when I met you at the first meetup, I was like, Oh, you're the wine dude. Mm -hmm. And then like, I don't know, in an hour we're hosting a meetup mm -hmm. about your wine brand. Yeah. You know, four Bitcoiners. Yeah. I mean, like I'll sell wine to people at that meetup and that definitely helps with like me driving down here and, and funding that. But like, I want to do the meetup because I want to meet more Bitcoiners because I will just like, I've been saying like, I just want awesome people in my life. And I've found that Bitcoiners are the best back basket to yeah. choose from. Well, dude, if you got money, I mean, if you got a good network, you don't need nearly as much money. Like you no. have to pay people to do stuff when they don't like you. Mm -hmm. But like, I'll do shit for my close friends for totally. free. I won't let them pay me. Yeah. But like for someone I don't like, there's not a price you could put. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so yeah, I, I completely agree with that. It's like, so I guess what I found like in wine, like when we were talking about starting, I was not this wino dude. And it was like, I generally wanted the lifestyle and I wanted to run a business and all of that worked out. The wine was just kind of a vehicle of like, this is what I'm going to do. And so the first few years of like getting into it and being like, okay, well, my life is going to revolve around wine. Right. What am I doing? Right. I've realized that like, like if you want to want to run a good business, you have to have at least some amount of insane passion towards it. And so my insane passion is not like, like I've grown to love wine and, and really be interested in it. Once you kind of get over a point and like, can really start thinking and talking about it, it does change your ability to enjoy it. So I like it a lot more, but what I learned is I'm really passionate about people. I'm really passionate about building community and like helping people grow and become their best self. And like, I'm so in that wine facilitates awesome conversations. It's a like conversation piece. And, um, 
if I'm ever helping someone like with their business or with their life, like being a successful business owner, it kind of gives me some credibility to be able to be like, Hey, try these things that work for me. And it's wine too. I feel like wine is like the, it's not beer. It's not liquor. It's something that's meant to make you think and have deep conversations. And I don't know why this is the case. Maybe you're more privy, but for some reason, wine just feels like it's more artful, even though like there's craft beer. And there's craft, and there's craft whiskey whiskeys, and, right? And there's, I mean, and there's a similar amount of process and refinement mm-hmm. and work that goes into, you know, oh, getting better at your craft every year. Mm-hmm. But why, like, but for some reason, like, wine doesn't get associated with like the, to me at least, like a lot of the negative effects, like the negative stigmas, of, like mm-hmm. of drinking, of drinking, yeah, in general. Like, mm-hmm. like I went to LSU where like people's like tailgate keg stands, like blackout, I've heard, yeah. right, or yeah. like. On the other end, like, okay, that's beer. Mm-hmm. Like, on the other end, like, even, like, whiskey, like, is, like, or, or, or tequila or, like, hard liquors are known as, like, actually, same kind of thing. Like, people think typically of, like, abusers. Like, yeah. uh, not physical necessarily, but, like, people who abuse alcohol mm-hmm. when you talk about spirits. Right. And, and more, like, party vibe when you talk mm-hmm. about beer. But mm-hmm. wine is, like, a sneaky little tote in the line. Yeah. It's, a, it's somehow, like, artful and about... So the I, food and stuff. So like, yeah, how, exactly. How, how does it, why is it that way? So I see that I see wine as not that these other ones can't be this, but wine is specifically a multiplier to me. Whereas if I'm at, if I'm like getting people together for a wholesome occasion, which is a lot of times like, and, and, and I'm don't say that to like disparage on any other occasion. It's just like the, the meaningful stuff I do is like going to be, a lot of times around a dinner table with friends and we're going to be sharing this meal that I mean, where I am, everyone's like, I grew these tomatoes. I grew, I, my friend killed this bison and gave me some, like, it's amazing. It's all these people's crafts and, um, wine kind of ties everything together. It's either the leader as far as like, Hey, we have this wine, so let's pair something. Or it's like, Hey, we have this food. I have all these wines. Let's find the right wine to pair with this. And it, it multiplies. Like it takes everything you have, and takes it to that next level. And I mean, the alcohol, a lot of times for people is like, um, you know, it's a loosener for a lot of people socially. I mean, you can use that as a crutch or you can use it as something that's just enjoyable, but, um, it also like just takes whatever you're doing food wise, communally wise, and like connects it all to you, makes you feel more comfortable connecting back. And it's kind of this, it's cool feedback loop. Mm. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm in, like just growing up around like in New Orleans, right? Like there's Mardi Gras mm-hmm. and then LSU. Like I was surrounded by the wrong type of drinking culture my whole like young adult life. Mm-hmm. Big part of why I don't drink today. Um, and I've, I've never really drank wine. Like I've had some, and I've, you know, I get it. Mm-hmm. Like, but I understand, but I've never been in that, scenario what you're talking about where it's like here's my grapes here's my bison here's mm-hmm. my wine that i you know so that's age. just like the beauty of where i live and the community it's I'm around it's a different association it's a different way of looking at the product mm-hmm. right um because i'm not really like i mean i think alcohol is bad for most people mm-hmm. like self-included so i don't do it but uh, it doesn't fall in deaf ears that like that just because I think that like doesn't mean that that's blanket objectively true mm-hmm. for everyone. And 
I would be remiss not to acknowledge like the part about the social lubrication. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, dude. Yeah. Like when you're in high school and college, learning how to talk to <laughs> girls, like, dude, you, a couple <laughs> beers will change your life, dude. You know? So yes. Um, but it, it's a. Uh, so I, I would just I say, appreciate the mm-hmm. the the. Put it, let, me, let me go for it. Let me put it this mm-hmm. way: I appreciate the angle and the art form that you bring to alcohol mm-hmm. because it's so often associated with destroying lives, destroying finances, destroying physical body. Mm-hmm. And it does. Destroying phones. I mean, it's dangerous, man. <laughs> it, I know. Alcohol but- is extremely dangerous. Both like addictively, it's bad. It's bad for you in a lot of ways, but like you can use it in positive ways. And that that's what I'm saying. Like mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I appreciate that you have found that not easy to get to mm-hmm. more of a nuanced point within the alcohol culture that isn't so bad, mm-hmm. negative. Yeah, at least it, in my associations of it, what would be. Well, um, so I mean, I've had to face this head on. Like. I have unlimited wine. I own more wine right now than I could drink so for the rest of my life. Without self-control, you'd be, yeah. you'd be screwed. Yeah, and so like the first real year, like you're making wine throughout, but there's a period of time right before bottling where you're tasting everything a ton. You know, you want to finalize things. I'm not doing much manipulation, but like I want to know what things taste like before I put it in the bottle, right? And so I'm getting up, going to work, and I have wine in my mouth by 8.15. But you're spitting it out. I'm swallowing. It's in my mouth. It's, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm 25 years old. I'm swallowing that wine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as, yeah. And so, <laughs> it's right. you know, sometimes I would spit it out, whatever. But like, you know, by at least four o'clock, it's like, well, fuck it. I'm going to, I'm just going to swallow this one. You know, I'll have a drink after work. Like that's a normal thing to do right. in society. And it's already in my mouth. So I'm going to drink it. And then like a month, that's like kind of this month long period where I was doing that. And by the, like going into the month, it like eventually got to the point where I was like, man, I need a drink. I've, I could go for a drink. Like I'm, I need this. And I realized that it like, it was very apparent to me that it was like, this is becoming an addiction. Like this is become, I'm feeling the beginnings of what alcohol dependence Dude, is. That's that, that same self-awareness though is like probably why you figured out Bitcoin. Um, what brought you towards this path of and like probably same self-awareness is like why you're find peace in the outside the cities, mm-hmm. right? Being the millennial, most of us want to be in the cities. It's like, you know that about yourself and you're able to like have a heart to heart, I guess with yourself. Like if that makes sense, mm-hmm. like if I want to achieve what I want to achieve, like both business and happiness wise, um, I can't be an alcoholic. I've unlimited alcohol. That's death. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> and, and, and you were like, I was just like from going on Twitter, like mm-hmm. you were involved in like pretty dangerous like winter sports and stuff too, right? Like so. Yeah. I mean, I've always kind there's of there's the a, skiing while b- mm-hmm. drunk, which I don't know might add to the yeah, danger for factor. Sure. First time hair. I skied drunk, I was like, "How do people do this? Like, this is so scary." And then you kind of just get used to it. Yeah. Um, so the, ba- I don't ski. Like, I think it's really scary to ski from the front range. Like, there's so many people and like. Everyone, yeah, everyone drinks, but like everyone drinks everywhere skiing. It's just, there's a lot more people. What do you mean ski from the front range? Like around people who come from the front range? No, I mean like when you're living in Denver and you ski from the front range, you ski all the same resorts and there's like millions of people trying to ski the same resorts. And so it's just extremely crowded. crowded. Yeah. So you're running into people more likely. Like I grew up skiing Aspen, Crested Butte, Powderhorn, mountains that are not crowded at all. Aspen's not crowded? No. Really? Just because it's so elite? Well, for like. You know, so for exclusive. Christmas, it gets crowded, but like there's also four mountains for one destination town. 
Oh, we're actually got Beaver Creek and all out there. Aspen, Highlands, and Snowmass and Buttermilk. Snowmass, that's right. And Snowmass gets a lot of people. It's Buttermilk, on, I don't yeah. even heard of that one. But like, it's it's kind of a funny juxtaposition because I was always very much the person who left left before I looked and just like sent it. Um, sent it. Had like 15 concussions and lots of injuries and just I love what it is is like I that moment where you're like holy shit I'm out of control. I got to dial this in or I'm screwed. That's the most like life-giving moment I have. Yeah. And your closest moments towards Yeah. death and like where you feel most So alive. I like crave that an insane amount. It's amazing, but at the same time like now that I've had this many injuries and concussions specifically like just totally blew my world apart. Um I've had to slow down. I've been absolutely forced to physically slow down and in that journey, I've found Bitcoin. I found a low time preference business and those two things to like throw my passion into away from that, like insane moment have really helped me find peace in not seeking that as anymore. I still ski hard and I still mountain bike hard, but like, yeah, I also am like, I don't really want to get hurt today when I didn't have that feeling before I was. I did some reckless stuff on bikes. I was uh, on LSU cycling team and uh, gotten a few bad bike Road bikes. Yeah, nice. gotten a few bad bike crashes. Separated my shoulder. That's the most painful thing. Um, which still, like, I deal with it every moment of mm -hmm. every day for the rest of my life. Yep. And like, nothing like a long term injury to remind you constantly of your mistakes. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so you do that enough and you start realizing that maybe you don't want to keep doing it. <laughs> right. Well, and, you, and it, it, it also makes you, it wakes you up. You know, I think everything is like a part of the path, you know, like it made me realize like, oh, I'm not invincible. Mm -hmm. Things I do have consequences. Maybe I shouldn't drink while I'm riding my bike. <laughs> you know, like there's, there's lessons mm -hmm. in, in things. Um, if you want adrenaline though, just like. Try sending your entire Bitcoin stack in one transaction. <laughs> well, after after I never clicked the button, dude, it's like I clicked no because my it's like, my are you sure shaking. this is the right? It's like no because like my was shaking so hard that I meant to click yes. Oh man, just like convulsing. I'm just kidding. There was no yes yeah. or no because there's no yes or no in a self. Well, and also wallet. you just finished explaining to me that that's not the thing I should do. What move all my Bitcoin in one in one go? Oh yeah, definitely don't yeah. do that. <laughs> I mean, unless you want the whole world to know that you own, well, we were talking about like UTXO selection and mm -hmm. consolidation and essentially like you want to keep different chain, different size bills in uh, your wallet so that, you know, you spend the appropriate size bill for the appropriate size transaction. So you don't wind up spending like $50,000 bill at a, you know, buying a pack of gum and telling the grocery store clerk that you have $50,000 right. when you only need to tell them you have two, mm -hmm. you know? So that's the idea behind that stuff. Um, Hopefully that like coin control algorithm, because there's several different implementations of how to do coin control, because if you don't do it manually, mm -hmm. there's an algorithm that selects it for you. Right. Hopefully that gets better because I think like... Yeah. So do you just see that generally being automated? I hope so. But like how automated is it going to get? Well, personal choice comes into it. But I mean, to like if we're looking down the line, like all of this stuff generally needs to just be done for the person. I don't think you'll use UTXOs mostly. I right. don't believe you'll right. transact on chain. That's real. So I don't think that'll matter. Okay.
So it's a rabbit hole, dude. It's going to keep changing. It's going to keep changing. So mm-hmm. I do think like that's going to get better. Wallet self custody is going to get better. Mm-hmm. Things like NFC are going to get more widely adopted because, you know, typing in little things into a ledger device, that's not going to, that's not a good UX. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's getting better, but it's not there yet. So how are we doing on time there? What does it say? Uh, on the top left. Cool. All right. We got like 45 minutes for the meetup. So, well, um, let's see. So I've got a couple other things here. Um, we, we kind of hit on rural city, Colorado, mm-hmm. but I wanted to send a bit more time contrasting those two. Mm-hmm. So like, what do you think are the biggest differences? Maybe not even just Colorado, but we can start there and maybe expand to just general rural city life. Yeah. Um, like, what do you think is like the biggest differences between like rural city, Colorado and the, and I would say more like from a lifestyle more so, but then also like from a worldview, like mm-hmm. wh- how are those types of people different? Right. And I mean, in each place you're going to find different people, but I think there are some general themes and every time I, I lived in Denver for two years straight and a couple other times. So whenever I come back to Denver, like I am right now, it's kind of a stark reminder of like where I was and what life is like. Cause I am familiar with this place. Um, but it's always, you know, I live somewhere else. I live in a totally different world. It's a nice reminder and, um, kind of shocks me, honestly. Um, I like, I get living in a city. I got lucky leaving when I did because Basically, I was planning on moving back and building a house with my dad, continuing the wine business. COVID hits, everything shuts down. And it's like, well, that worked out pretty good. Good thing I'm out of the city. Yeah, good thing I'm out of here. Whereas like before that, I was like, oh man, I'm leaving the city. Like I'm leaving all my friends. I'm going to go like live back where I grew up. And so made the decision. You had already made the decision. I'd already made the decision. But it made it a lot easier yeah. to where you just the, the FOMO second guess it. was completely gone. Okay. And so that, yeah, that really helped me. And I'm really thankful for that because now looking back, I'm so happy that I'm away from it. Yeah. Um, there's, there's like different pockets of what rural life looks, looks like. So like living in Aspen for the winter, very different world than living in a farming town. And so I can really speak for the farming town is, is um, my home and what I want to be around is all these people that are like down to just put in the hard work. I mean, if something's got to get done, they do it. And there's like, there's no time to listen to someone complain. I mean, like it's, it's pretty stark, <laughs> honestly, like, uh, people just get shit done and it's pretty impressive for work. Yeah. Big mindset so, like, there. When I think like, Oh man, cool. I'm doing great things. You know, my business is succeeding and I'm doing these awesome things, but I'm like, damn, that guy works 14 hours in the field. Like, because that's the time of year, because it's just, I need to get this stuff planted. This stuff needs to get done. I'm like, wow, I'm LARPing. I don't think right. she, like huh. I don't do anything, you know, I work long days, but like you kind of just, it's kind of just the culture to put in a lot of time and get the stuff done that needs to get done. Um, and being out there, I just, I, <laughs> there's so much to aspire to hard work wise. And like, I'm building the life I want, you know, I'm going to work hard and, and do whatever, but like you see the physical work and when you're kind of separated from that and it's just like, Oh, you work in the field 14 hours. That must suck. It's like you work, you work in an office and you can't even look like you can't even physically touch what you've produced for the day. 
you can't go walk out in your field and enjoy your work. That's such a like magical thing that you just have no contact with yeah. when you're living in the city. Huh? And then, yeah. Wow. And you, and you're like sitting inside, which is like probably bad for your like, like mood and stuff. Look, I work like, inside too. I work in a, a no, wine cellar saying, that but has like, but no dude, light. Like, yeah, but you're like hunched over looking at a computer. Your mm. screws your posture up. Right. Get carpal tunnel. I mean, mm. you're not moving. Yeah. Like, okay, sure. You might be working in like dark, dark cellar still. Okay. Maybe the light thing isn't for in this case, but still like you're out moving. Like mm-hmm. you're not sitting still stationary at a desk all day, which has like all kinds of there's all kinds of data that yeah. says like for a million reasons it's bad. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's generally the job of someone who lives in a city. I mean, that's not everyone right, by right. any stretch of the imagination. Pretty much. Yeah. But you don't like the, the meme in Bitcoin is like, get up and go, go touch grass. Right? Or, right. I see that a lot at least. And it's like a lot of times I'm reading that, like sitting, thank like, thank God I get to sit down for a little bit, you know, cause I was just touching grass for the last eight hours and I'm right. tired. Right. Um, but there's no connection to the world in a city. Like I, I just completely feel like I'm surrounded by Isn't concrete that irony. Yeah. Considering and, there's more people and like all that. Then. And well, there's more people, but no, none of those people have connection to the world. Their only connection to the world is when they escape on the weekends to go to a crowded place where everyone else goes and is trying to escape from the world and then comes back and is like, Oh, now I'm stressed out again because of traffic. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. The city cities just remind me of Fiat mm-hmm. and Fiat rem- I, I I think I'm probably like on a, a bit of an anomaly here and like how I view this, but like, and I, again, it's, a lot of it stems from like my own personal experiences, but like cities remind me of the Fiat rat race mm-hmm. and the pleading just cannot wait for five o'clock to come so I can get out of the rat race temporarily mm-hmm. and go drink mm-hmm. and like escape it. Mm-hmm. And like, I, when I realized that Fiat was like why I drank, cause I was like, it wasn't like, it was a huge part of why, because mm-hmm. I was like, it was, it was what I was trying to escape from. Now I, I still have a nine to five job. I work for a Bitcoin company. I'm thrilled to wake up. Hell yeah. I'm bummed when the day's over. That's what Because matters. I'm like, what am I going to do now? Mm-hmm. I guess I'm going to record a podcast about Bitcoin. Yep. But literally I love my job. I love the industry I work in. I've feel like what we're doing is for long-term good purpose. It's meaningful. You're doing something work. that like benefits other people in the world. I can't touch completely. it. You know, no, no, nobody and, can touch. Bitcoin, and that's just but. specifically that like something like growing up, my dad was always like, when we, we did a project together, yeah. when we finished, he always said, take a second to look over your work and just appreciate what you did. Um, and I was like, bullshit dad. Like I yeah, want to go right. inside and play video games. Right. But you, looking with- back, I'm like, yeah, man, I'm living in the world I created. I do that with the podcast. Um, Throughout the editing process, I find myself occasionally sometimes being like, huh, this is cool. Like I made this, Mm -hmm. like I invited this guest. I helped uncover their story. I'm putting it out there to the world and editing it. And cool. Yeah. You know, I made this. Yeah. And like, you know, it's like, you made this. No, I made this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm talking about, No, you got a product. I mean, and that's, that's, I mean, that's kind of just, it's fulfilling though. It's rewarding. Even though it doesn't get a ton of views, even though I don't make a bunch Mm -hmm. of money on the podcast. Like I actually, I only do it for that reason that you're talking about. It's the only reason you could, right? Cause I'm not making, I'm not supporting myself Mm -hmm. with the pocket. Like, and I really just, 
I do it because I enjoy it and I enjoy talking to people who have really interesting perspectives to share. Mm -hmm. And there's that satisfaction of like, God, the, we were talking about the editing process. I like, mm -hmm. can't wait to get an editor. Right. Yeah. And it's like, but that being said, like I still do it and I still enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And I'm still, there's that moments of like, I'm proud of what I built. And I think the delayed gratification will be even stronger mm -hmm. where it's like 25 years from now, I'm 55, 60, whatever. Bitcoin's, the world currency mm -hmm. and i'm like holy shit first 30 episodes of value stack are all billionaires right all those people are billionaires yeah um this is like a historical archive now mm -hmm. and like those people are like we're all close because we all connected around that same thing that was like such an important topic in our life at that time mm -hmm. that we're friends forever totally i mean this is such a foundational time of all of our lives like there's like I keep talking about wanting to meet more Bitcoiners, but it's like, this is the thing I'm most passionate about. And it's changed me so much. I know it's changed you. You've talked about it. And I know it's probably changed like every Bitcoiner that I talk to. It's like, this is something that we're definitely totally. going to bond over. And if we just have like one other thing that we're also like share in common, whether that's just fucking work ethic, right. like I respect you. We're going to get along really well because we both have this base level passion around one thing. And I mean, it's such a foundational thing that you can just build anything on top of it. No shortcuts. Yeah, dude. Proof of work is a, I, it's a mindset, mm -hmm. I think. Um, and I love that I find that so much in the rural areas. Um, yeah. And like, I look, I mean, I grew up there. I was raised with like ranchers and coal miners that like bullied the shit out of me because I was like a hippie and played City soccer. Boy, and right. yeah, more so than them at least. Um, right. And so I grew up like being like, fuck those guys. I don't, I don't like them. And like, I don't like that lifestyle. And then now here I am moving back and be like, damn, that's Trying like, to spread they it, kind spread of like to the world. those guys were dicks, but also like they kind of, their family had, had it right it. in a lot of ways, you know? Yeah. Um, and I have so much respect of like, wow, you, you know, you woke up before school and did cattle chores, you know, like you worked your ass off all the time. And like, you know, I saw you in the school environment and you weren't good at school, but you were damn good at something else. And I didn't see that until now. And now I'm like, I look, I don't care what you're good at. And especially like, I don't really res like, I respect someone being good at whatever they're good at. But like, if you're just good at school, like, cool, I want you to be good at something in the real world. And that's going to be awesome. And like, I want to see you perform and just be the best at that. I don't care what it is. Like, um, you just saying like, I do this cause I'm passionate about it. It's like music to my ears. That's all I want to hear people doing is like something that you're passionate about because you can't be good at anything unless you're passionate about it. Right. I mean, and you if can, you like, make money on it, then it's like, that's the dream. Yeah. Right. Like totally. you do something you enjoy, even if you didn't make money, mm -hmm. you still do it anyway. Yeah. But you, because you enjoy it. And do it for the right reasons and you're good at it. Mm -hmm. You wind up making money on it. So that's where. That's what I'm hoping for with this. Yeah. And <laughs> it's like, not working yet. But That's where the, like Twitter has crossed, changed bro. my life in that way is like I was just like wanting to share my life because I like talking and connecting right. to people like and I'm an you extrovert, are. you know, and then people started buying my wine and it's like, oh, I'm just like talking shit and posting my life on Twitter. And people and relate to that. People are relating to this and yeah. I have a good product and people like it and want to support me. Right. And like I went, basically I got Bitcoin integrated. I got the ability to sell wine for Bitcoin. Um, liquor licensing kind of just made it difficult for me um, in July last year. And since then it's like, I went from zero to like a baseline level of sales that I'm like, oh, that was instant and consistent 
and this is at the bottom of a bear market and over half my online sales are in Bitcoin. And, and I would say 90% of them are two Bitcoiners. And when you're hodling that coin, yeah. you're going to be selling those oh, bottles I'm selling for these 10, bottles. Yeah, a piece. Whenever someone buys wine, <laughs> whenever someone buys wine, wine with bro. Bitcoin, I say, this is the most expensive bottle you will ever buy. Sorry. Hope you enjoy it though. Yeah, they're going to like it and they'll remember. And it's like, you could replace those Bitcoin that yeah. you spend right away. Yeah. So a lot of people do spend and replace, but um, there's been poor tax strategy unless you're down. Mm -hmm. Which, In that case, I mean, it might be a good strategy. Good maybe strategy. a lot of us are. Maybe the people that are spending Bitcoin online are not. But right. um, man, it's, it's like, it's, it's just been, I would just like recommend anyone who's a Bitcoiner who runs a business, like integrate that shit. And like, even if you, I mean, I think there's a little bit of difference. Like if I pay you in Bitcoin, I want you to keep that Bitcoin. If you convert it to dollars, I'm oh, like, yeah. what, what the fuck no, did I've, I just pay Bitcoin for? You right. Know? No, right. Um, totally. So there's a little bit of that, but there's also like we were talking about, like it doesn't actually make sense to like. No, it doesn't. Transact. But at the same time, it's fun. And what I've learned is like, I was really shitty at using Bitcoin. And then I started accepting it and I had to get good yeah. and I had to figure my you stuff out about like address reuse mm -hmm. and coin all, control yeah. and all this stuff. Or all stuff I'm still very much learning about, but like I had no idea. Um, and so many people come up and want to buy wine with Bitcoin or do it online. And that's like, this is my first ever purchase with Bitcoin. And that's, I mean, that's just like very humbling to me to be like, wow, this is the first thing you ever bought with Bitcoin. That's so fucking cool. Yeah. Um, Mine was a lightning channel. Nice. <laughs> yeah, Bitcoin related. I bought a Bitcoin lightning channel with, with Bitcoin. There we go. <laughs> and I realized I was like, oops, this is going to make tax, mm -hmm. tax record keeping. Yeah, you were telling me a little bit about the lightning channels you had open last time we were, we were talking. and uh, Tax nightmare. Definitely made me realize like, yeah, you're going to just uh, do whatever works just, on lightning. Yeah. You're going to go along for the ride. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just take on chain. Yes. When I was doing lightning on chain, well, I, I on chain fees were like fifty sats a byte, thirty sats per byte. So it was like ten, fifteen dollars to mm -hmm. send Bitcoin. It was in like twenty twenty one. Now, like, so I accept pretty much like if if someone wants to do an on chain transaction, like I'm there for it. But like, I'm also have to totally trust that person to like if they walk away with my wine and just cancel that transaction, like that blows. Well, so I, it's not really it? that. Can't you send a transaction? It doesn't go through. It doesn't get confirmed and then cancel Bro, it. You're going to let be like turn off full RBF. No well, CPFP. Basically what I'm getting at no is like RBF. I, I pretty much do what you're saying is that there's a problem with zero confirmation. I have no idea. Yeah. Well, this is a hot debate right mm -hmm. now uh, with John Carvalho and um, it's the other guy that's like putting up bound Peter Todd, I believe is like kind of, those are the two against the, the, the two sides essentially mm -hmm. one's four full rbf flag one is not mm -hmm. to my understanding john carvalho uses zero conf in his transactions as a merchant so he doesn't want people to be able to rbf mm -hmm. always by default yeah meaning that zero comps are dead mm -hmm. can never do zero conf. okay peter toss is given a choice and he's like putting a bounty for people to turn it on so it's like pretty pretty crazy but uh yeah that's the thing like going on right now like in the protocol mm -hmm. discussion because it was just updated where now you can flag full RBF and it, no matter whether the transaction flags RBF or not, it treats it as an RBF. So you shouldn't accept on-chain 
for zero conf. Like, unless it's settled, you shouldn't mm-hmm. let them walk away with the wine. No, sure. Which, I, is, a poor, I which is a poor merchant services thing. No, and right? it's also like, I could make that person wait. I could. Yeah, but that's it. like, why? Okay, I'll just pay in cash then. I don't want to sit here and wait 25 minutes until the Bitcoin. Yeah, but also, oh, the hash rate dropped <laughs> and now there hasn't been a block in one mm-hmm. hour and I'm sitting here and missed my dentist appointment because yeah. I'm waiting for the random walk of Bitcoin's blockchain to hit yeah. a random number. So like, yeah, that's a poor. So I'm not going to like experience. That's not my general accepting policy. Like I accept lightning transactions for the most part. If someone only has Bitcoin on chain or doesn't know how to do lightning, like one, I want to help them set up a lightning. Dude, if someone, but if I sold wine to mm -hmm. someone and they sent me Bitcoin and then double spent it back to themselves, I would find them. Oh, I would hunt them down, dude. How dare you? Yeah. How dare you double spend me? I mean, it's breaking. This like, was created to solve the double spend problem. <laughs> How dare you? I mean, it's definitely breaking like this, this like Use feeling lightning. of trust. That's like, um, I've beat you as a Bitcoiner. Like you're trusting me that I have a good product that's worth your Bitcoin. And like, I also just like generally, like we were saying, like I want to meet other Bitcoiners right. because I found re- relate to them. But like, um, the, I didn't have my lightning Dan Held came up to my my um, stand in, in yeah. at one of my farmers markets, and I was just like doing shit. And I turn around, I'm like, "Holy shit, that's Dan Held at my winery!" Like, you know, he's he's someone that like I don't listen to much anymore. But like when I was first getting into yeah. Bitcoin, he's someone I learned a lot from. Sure. It was like someone I was like, "Holy shit, this oh, yeah. person is cured." He told me all about uh, Gemini and <laughs> Celsius and Leaden, all but the I, lenders. Yes, he yes. actually had a whole video breaking mm-hmm. down, comparing and contrasting the different crypto lenders. Yes, and I used Leaden for a while. I did too. And glad I, I mean, like I, nothing has happened, but no, I'm glad I got out. Yeah, I got out too. I've, I've learned the, learned it's through been, other people's it's been the a hard long way. Time since I flirted with destiny like that same same and like it's real nice to have control actually it worked out got some free sats let's go yeah that's i mean that's real and then paid taxes but like what i was getting at is like i didn't have my (laughs) i didn't have my lightning situation right so you wanted to pay with lightning and you didn't have it i didn't have it so i was like can you do on chain and he didn't want to pay with on chain no he wants to do lightning but he's like whatever you know why he didn't want to pay on chain i don't because something specific what we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, no, what we were talking about, exactly. Because if he sends you, let's say, mm-hmm. I don't know what Dan has. Let's say Dan's got a thousand Bitcoin. Right. Well, he's he got doesn't want to send you that I have. Because now he, you mm-hmm. know forever mm-hmm. that any remainder change that Dan got sent back to himself, that address is Dan's. And if he accidentally carelessly combines it with his big stack of UTXOs, mm-hmm. now you know Dan Held's balance. Sure. So this is a... Okay, I mean, like that's something perhaps, I, I didn't even think about. Perhaps it was a fee environment. And he was mm-hmm. like, I just don't want to pay on chain. What he brought but up it could was have been that too. Well, on chain fees, especially are low, being him, but that, agree. That he know you know Dan would be somebody who would think about that type of thing. I yeah, would, I would think. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, what he brought up was like, oh well, on chain fees are low. Like that's fine. You know, I want to support you um, as a Bitcoiner running a business. Oh, this so is he cool. did. So he didn't care. No, so yeah, so he did an on chain transaction. But what I was getting at is like, I didn't wait for him to do. To, I didn't wait for confirmations. I'm like, Dan Held is not going to. Oh, yeah. Well, and like, that's a dude, known person. So I know. stupid to screw his reputation right. over for a bottle of wine. Right, for a couple of bottles of wine. But that's like, so generally, so like, I would never do maybe that. a couple other people have done that. And it's like, there's never been an issue. It's always right. gone through. I'm not t- terribly worried about it. If you're coming up to me in 2022 to buy something in Bitcoin, you're probably not a total shyster. The fee in Bitcoin is calculated as like a 
in Bitcoin, mm -hmm. right? It's like 400 sats yeah. or 8,000 sats or whatever. It starts so, to be expensive. Shit, dude. I'm not even, <laughs> I, I hope to not be paying for, I hope things are less than 1,000 sats. Mm -hmm. like, I hope my burger is like 25 sats. Right. So I definitely don't want to pay 800 sats to buy a 25, 25 sat burger. Mm -hmm. That seems kind of absurd. Yeah. It should be PPM, like parts per million, like Lightning Network, uh, which is like a percentage. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my 25 sat burger costs 0.25 sats or 0.0025 sats to millisats mm -hmm. to send it. Right. So long way to go, man. This is uh, January 2023. So I still got, you know, another year and a half or so before the halving. Um, probably another... 50 years before we're billionaires. Mm -hmm. But damn, is there like some awesome like energy and strength in this bottom of this bear market? I yeah. mean, I've like just in the last year, as we've been continuously going down for literally a year, my life in the Power Bitcoin driver, world yeah. has completely changed from beating other Bitcoiners and feeling their energy and passion. Like totally, that man. has not changed at all. And it's just like full on strength. If you're here right now, like, I know that you're real. That's I know right, that you yeah. get it. And that's a pretty cool place to build a base of a community from. Agreed, man. That's why we got, I mean, I think it's going to be a good turnout tonight. Mm -hmm. Because we're, we're practicing what we preach. We're going to meet up with a bunch of Bitcoiners mm -hmm. at a, at a food hall. Yeah. Slash. A little bit of everything. Winery. You can't sell your wine. No, there. I can't do that. I was wondering that, like if they were, I was wondering if you could have like, Give, made you charge like a cork fee or something and let you do it but Colorado has laws that don't, don't allow any outside, outside alcohol to be brought in there's other states where you can do a corkage fee but not in Colorado you, in Louisiana there was a a, 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 a a ramen shop they didn't serve liquor they didn't mm -hmm. even charge you a cork bottle fee just bring it in just bring it in yeah we would go there and get plastered dude <laughs> bring like a six pack of abitas you have six beers with dinner. <laughs> nice. New Orleans is just such here. a different world when it comes That's to alcohol, saying, man. Dude. Like, I, 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 for better or for worse, better because I quit drinking right. a lot younger than most people do. Mm -hmm. um, worse because it took that to get there. Yeah. Um, it's a whole different culture of drinking. And mm -hmm. it's fascinating to me because it's different than the drinking culture we're talking about. Uh, and it's... I guess to the unsuspecting person, it might be similar to like Bitcoin and crypto culture too. And I'm really just stretching here to like connect the dots, but like they seem to the same, but they seem the same, but they're not totally like they're very different and where it comes from internally. Like yeah. why the why is different. Yeah. We like, just see where like everyone experiences both sides of the drinking or at least one side of the drinking, but yeah, no one's not so many, so much of the population is not invested enough to know why. Um, they can get why drinking a glass of wine with a nice meal and good friends is like awesome. And it's an additive thing and the alcohol, maybe, yeah, sure. Maybe you stayed up late and you drank a little too much, whatever you might feel right. a hangover. If you drink natural wine, you're probably not going to feel a hangover, which is great. That's great. But like, that's, yeah, that's the lumping. It's the, the, it's oh, the well, black drinking and white is drinking. thing. Bitcoin like is crypto. It's, it's like, people just don't see, right. see the nuance at all. And it, it we also know like, like when I'm talking to my friends, I'm like, okay, cool. You don't get it. Yeah. I was really like a nerd about this and totally dove in. And it still took me like six months to a year to have like any semblance of understanding. And you look back on that and it's like, I didn't get it yet. You know, I'm still learning. Right. Um, you are interested in other things and not 
math oriented, like it's going to take you longer. And I'd like, I'd, you, I you just got to be humble and explain it. Yeah. But then, then, and I, like, I was talking to a friend last night of like, I wanted, I'm glad, like I, my microeconomics class is the best class, best grade it's I got in college. One. It's my favorite class. Mine too. But like, no surprise we're in, into Bitcoin. I'm also very happy that I didn't go further down the economics path because I already had so much unlearning to do from all the NPR economics podcasts I listened to. You know, people think that uh, I I give credit to my economics degree for why I figured it out because the more I understood how the fiat system economics worked, the more I saw through the bullshit. So, this is true. Like I credit, yes, it was a waste of time because I learned that it was bullshit, but at the same time, it helped me realize it was BS where things like my medicine i'm like ah, i just don't know i don't know mm-hmm. maybe they're right about the vaccines and i'm just an idiot yeah. conspiracy theorist mm-hmm. like as an example like yeah. i don't have knowledge there so i really can't make i can't weigh in and i certainly can't trust my my opinion more than those of 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 like the broad majority when it comes to something that i'm not like i just don't know yeah. like so I have to do a lot of extra research mm-hmm. on because those topics. In the end, your opinion is what you have to trust because it's the only opinion that. Right. And it's like, I can't just, or maybe let me rephrase. I can't trust my like default, like first, okay, I, I think it's this. And so it must be like, yeah, no, you, you may have not to go be and right. do some digging. Your first reactionary mm-hmm. thought may not be. Whereas like, because I've had so much background in economics and money and monetary policy and stuff, I'm like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. I can, I know. Like people like Peter Zahan, who are renowned authors, mm-hmm. could say something so stupid on Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. And I have the confidence to say, he's wrong, I'm right. I don't care how many books he's wrote. I don't care how much money he's worth. I don't care how many academic awards he's won. Mm-hmm. He's wrong about this subject. But on another subject, no way. I would defer. I wouldn't even mm-hmm. have the balls to... to to, to, to even say that I think I'm right. Yeah. Because most things I'm like out of my domain. Yeah. But like, you're like, I, I listen to different experts. Yeah. That's like, all you but, can really yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. But like this, like I asked you about mm-hmm. Andrew Huberman, cause you were saying like getting sunlight cause mm-hmm. he like talks about getting sunlight in the yep. morning. Right. Mm-hmm. I listen to experts where they, unless they don't make sense, which well, is what kind of happened with the specifically the 2020. That's, that's something that you can put into practical operation and test for yourself though. Right. I mean, uh, like nutrition, health, all that stuff is something you can actually go in and test on your own body. With economics, there's no way to test. The only way to test but there are numbers. There only well, there's yeah, but the only way to test economics is to like see what happens to real people. Mm-hmm. There's no like laboratory simulation. Nope. You just run the numbers, and if it works, then you run the experiment, which is real people's lives. Yeah. And hope if it doesn't fuck them up. Yep. <laughs> so. Good luck, everybody. Right. Like, we're shoot, we're throwing darts at a board based on calculations and we'll record the results and analyze them after. Right. You can't yeah. predictive. You can't predict economic behavior nearly to that. Like, cause you can't test it mm. until like you can't test it in a real simulation. And because it's a catalyxy, meaning that each individual actor is like on their own and you can't possibly like account for every person's individual preferences that change constantly. Any like simulation you're gonna have is like it's just a simulation. Like, yeah, you don't know it's gonna actually run that way. So. And so, how we know Bitcoin works is how we've seen ourselves change. Yeah, Bitcoin. You don't change Bitcoin. Tell Roger Ver in case you need to hear this. <laughs> you don't change Bitcoin, but it changes you, right? 
Seriously, it does. sure does. Well, where can our listeners find out more about your wine and your shit posted on Twitter so that they could be changed? On Twitter, I am at bjusty1, and my wine is at peonylanewine.com. Spell that. P-E-O-N-Y. And unfortunately, due to liquor regulations and having to use a third-party fulfillment service to ship across state lines because I only have a liquor license in Colorado, um, I have to use a separate app to process Bitcoin transactions. So Oshi app, O-S-H-I, is awesome. They have a I lot know. of awesome Bitcoin products there. I mean, they've yep. been killer for me. And um, it does take an extra step. You do have to purchase with Bitcoin. You purchase a gift card there and then apply that to my site. And you do have to make a separate fiat transaction to purchase, to pay for shipping. Um, so you're jumping through an extra hoop, but I give you 10% off for that because I love spreading just Bitcoin use and adoption. And I don't really care if it hurts my bottom line, (laughs) if that's what it is. It's not enough to make a difference. Yeah. It helps in your marketing. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, it's probably the better business decision to just facilitate that, but it's also like, it's cool educationally to like work with people on their first Bitcoin transaction. For, for no, I, fiscal I like good. What, um, I like what Michael and them are doing at the team. Uh, oh, Oshi, they're like, yeah. it's like all about farm to table Bitcoin circular economy. Mm-hmm. We had talked about getting like gift cards up on there, but I don't know. It's like, not yet. But yeah, man. So Oshi app, direct on the on the website. If you're mm-hmm. in Colorado, be if just, you're in the United States, I can sell to you. There's a couple states like Utah that. Nobody drinks in Utah. No one drinks in Utah. But if you're in the United States, you can order on my website. If you're not in the United States, you're just going to have to come visit Paonia. Oshi is for Bitcoin purchases. If you want to buy it through Bitcoin. Yes. Oshi app. Sweet, man. Well, any any final parting words of wisdom or just a message that you want to get out there to the world for forever to end this episode? I mean, in my experience... I think the way to get people to buy Bitcoin at the tops is to talk about the fear and like, oh, you can be rich with this. But like if we're trying to build like a long term, get our friends into Bitcoin and just make the world better, I think just like build yourself first, become an awesome person and do it as a Bitcoiner. Everyone knows you're a Bitcoiner, but be confident about that. And you're like, this is a big part of my life. And then people will see that, emulate it. And um, hopefully in the next cycle, we have a lot of a lot more awesome Bitcoiners. I like I like that uh, approach. Like, be a badass and do it for Bitcoin. Like, mm-hmm. do it with Bitcoin. Do it, like, whatever do it that is, and let Bitcoin like let Bitcoin's brand ride your coattails. It's like, yeah, damn, he got in great shape. He takes care of his family. He's like knows how to control his emotions and his finances and his friends and fan. How did he do it? It's Bitcoin, baby. Yeah. I mean, realistically, what we're saying, we all started with learning <laughs> it's about like Bitcoin. Popeyes, like <laughs> the spinach, dude. But it's like, it's big. I just, I just take my daily dose of Bitcoin. Yep. My orange pill. Yep. My orange pill. There we go. <laughs> well, this has been a uh, fun time, Ben. Uh, yeah. Glad you, glad you came down. And uh, yeah, we're going to do this for another two more hours on non recording uh, with uh, 
It's hopefully some awesome people. Some more Bitcoiners. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Well, a couple of years, we'll get you back on the show when uh, Peony Lane Wine is the biggest Bitcoin brand in wine. <laughs> biggest biggest I mean, wine. Br- realistically, probably already is. Yeah, it probably already is. <laughs> well, you can put Growing that. Growing from here, though. You can put that on your bottle next yeah, year. The number one selling <laughs> Bitcoin brand. Number one selling wine. Number one selling wine brand for Bitcoin. Yes. And well, I'll have a Bitcoin wine next year. No. At the end of this fall. So top selling brand in the world. Top grossing in top Bitcoin grossing terms. Top grossing Bitcoin brand, wine brand in the world. There we go. Dude, that's huge. Yeah. I need to get that on the website. Top grossing Bitcoin wine brand in the world. Amazing. Well, get your some top grossing Bitcoin wine brand, Peony Lane Wine. <laughs> On the website, was it P-E-O-N-Y? Peony Lane Wine. Yeah. Peony? Peony. Peony Lane. Peony Lane. It's a good name. Is that, that's like the... I live on Peony Lane. Yeah, we're going to have to work on your OPSEC, bro. Yep. All right, guys. Well, uh, thanks for <laughs> listening to the episode. This was 32, I think. 31, 32, something like that. Mm-hmm. Just check the title of the show and you'll be able to figure it out. We'll see you next time. Uh, this has been Value Stack Podcast. Hit that subscribe button. Peace.